What about me? I want to work on a cool, unmanned plane, too. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Sunday, June 24th, 2012. Time for Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 420. This is No Agenda. Wearing my Gucci burka here at Camp Mofo in the capital of the drone star state, Austin Tejas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, with nothing to say, I'm John C. Devorah. Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. <laughs> yeah, so what else is new? Yeah, no, <laughs> screw you. <laughs> Nothing to say. So the Russians are going after us. You don't say. Yeah, they're, they're, it's all pro- the propaganda machine is starting to crank up, and oh, it's going to be fun oh. to watch. Oh, tell me, what have you, uh, what have we, now Well, we- I mean, I've been watching Russia today. Oh. And I ran into that woman, Abby <laughs> the, Martin. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one that I said. The one that is uh, has everything, but it's, it, the package is wrong. Yeah, the package is wrong because she's either a, um, well, to put it mildly, she's either like a uh, some sort of a, I don't know what type, maybe a Russian style lesbian. Now let me let me just let me just take this back to the last episode. We were talking about I couldn't remember her name, Abby Martin, and yeah, we're Abby saying Martin. That, you know as television producers, which John and I do in our you know our off hours and as part of the Curry Devorak Consulting Group, it's all wrong. I mean, she's got beautiful long legs, but she's wearing pants. You know, she's she's got kind of the funky accent, but she can't read the prompter. She needs to bleach her hair. I mean, that's how you get ratings. Yeah, she's a brunette. Yeah, and, it's uh, wrong. She, it's all wrong I, for television. Well, I think it's because I think she is. She must be Russian or something. I don't know. Maybe some. I can't tell because that that accent is funky. <laughs> but now, sounds, but wait, as as an expert on uh, lesbians, you have now concluded she's a Russian lesbian. Is this what you're saying? I, I think I, either that or a dominatrix. <laughs> yeah, and I, the dominatrix angle I'll go for. Yeah, uh, she has a certain kind of a. Of a dominatrix <laughs> style. <laughs> I can't put my finger on it. But it's not good for ratings. I don't care. It's not no, good it's for ratings. It's not good for it's ratings. Like, I don't feel good watching her. <laughs> no, I don't. So, uh, I don't want to watch her. Yeah. So, uh, but she is, uh, but she is, at least you're right. She's better than anything else they've done. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a step forward for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so she went after. Uh, she, it's apparent that she gets her marching orders from Moscow, mm-hmm. and um, because she was doing piece after piece after piece in the most recent edition of the show, and I am going to start watching it routinely now. Oh, just wow. blasting the U.S. I got it. Funny I gotta, way, but it's not. It's not blasting the U.S. They're not blasting the Americans, so you can still watch it. Blasting specifically Obama. Uh, yeah. Okay. That, well, that so, makes sense because we saw Putin's body language. He's like, yeah, what are you, son? Like no, he does not like him at all. So no. it, it, one example of this, which I thought was semi-lame, but it was, but I, I could see it working to just needling Obama. There's an Obama clip I have right at the beginning here. You can play that. And that's her uh, bringing up this, this topic of, huh, it just makes you go, wow, that's interesting. It's Friday, June 22nd, 8 p.m. in Washington, D.C. I'm Abby Martin, and you're watching RT. Uh, and and hold, stop right there. Delivery, four minus. You agree with me, right? It's flat. Yeah, thank you. What is but, the first but, wait block- a minute. I, it's no more flat than a Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday, June 22nd, 8 p.m. in Washington, D.C. I'm Abby Martin, and you're watching RT. Uh, what has the first black president done for the black community in America? Whoa. Nothing, according to some. Just recently, he's been catering Whoa. to a number of minority communities in the U.S. 
First, it was the LGBT community. At a certain point, I've just concluded that um, for me personally, it is important for me to go ahead and affirm that uh, I think same-sex couples should be able to get married. Then it was the immigrant community. This is a temporary stopgap measure that lets us focus our resources wisely while giving a degree of relief and hope to talented, driven, patriotic young people. It is the, it is the right thing to do. But what about African Americans? He hasn't made moves to deal with African American inequalities in this country. In an op-ed titled, Obama's Not the First Black President, He's the First President Who is Black, Wilmer Leon describes Obama as, quote, a functionary of a government in the service of wealth and empire. Dr. Wilmer Leon himself joined us earlier to talk about his article. He is so bad. <laughs> it's so, I mean, I, yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. And by the way, I think it's kind of a, it's an, an egregious report. Oh, it's just needling him. Yeah. And, it, it, and they brought this guy and a black guy from, I think, Howard or some, uh, she says. Anyway, this guy, just, I didn't want to clip the whole thing. Right. I'll just summarize. Right. The right. guy comes out and he makes the point that he is a the first president that's black, but not a black president, which right. is a very interesting little turn of phrase. Yeah. And, and what he's referring to is that he has absolutely zero interest in the black community from all for all intents and purposes. And the blacks, because they'll just vote for any Democrat, especially a black one, uh, they don't they need to get off their asses and, and start moaning about the fact that he's done zero. He's done this for the gays. He's done it for this and that. And he hasn't done anything for the black community at all, including, you know, dealing with the the overpopulation of prisons, mostly black. And uh, it, it was, well, so, it was well, well, here's the question then. Here's the question. So, you, you know, you, you start off by saying it's, the, you know, the Russians, the war is on and uh, and, you know, so the propaganda starts uh, to what end? This I think to get Romney elected. Wow. Well, well that's more than needling then. That's that's kind of like harshing somebody's mellow. That's a little more than just like chiding him. Yeah, well, they did another piece. I uh, just wanted to run a piece of that. I cut this kind of short, too. But they also went after the TSA with this guy who's been the guy who this character was floating around that likes to smuggle knives on airplanes through the uh, scanners. Yeah. Uh, and they and she goes after that. In, but it's done in such a way that the, the there's a subtext text to the, the messaging, which is that this is an incompetent agency, and it's apparently the president is not going to do anything about it. He's a bonehead. Is to I mean, this is subtext. That far, and also to put their hands in your pants. To is this, this it, the RTOT? Yeah, 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 put their hands in your pants. So, um, so, hands so in your pants. This, this is what's official policy. All, all travelers haven't necessarily received the same pat down, just because the TSA screeners hate doing it. So a lot of times, the TSA screener will, will take it a little easier. So what about the people who don't want to be you know, groped in their genitalia, and but then they they also don't want to be microwaved. I mean, it's like if you opt out of the body scanner machines, then you're you're uh, subject to being molested. Hey, I take offense to that. I like opting out, uh, and it's I've, I've I have to admit I've never been molested. That's bull crap. It's just I, not true. I've opted out numerous times, and I it's I, not I, you're, the you're, guys are just you know the guys are a little bit. Uh, they don't like doing it. No, but you're not being molested. It's just, you know, that's... Well, no, this is what done my point. This is yeah. part of the, the right. cranking it up. You know, it's interesting you bring that up because uh, Lucy Napolitano came out with a very interesting statement uh, earlier this week. 
and I'm, I've been trying to uh, decipher it and decode it. She's essentially saying that, yeah, high tech is great, but you really can't beat intelligence. Have good intelligence. Uh, a lot of operations, a lot of safety operations can spring from that. So we actually look at safety in, in the aviation environment as being multi-layered, you know. Uh, layered. Good intelligence. Like my hair. Uh, good uh, targeting, uh, looking at things like travel patterns. Like you walk funny. And things of that sort. Uh, looking at particular uh, behavioral or other indicators when somebody actually gets to an airport. Uh, now listen to this part. Uh, looking at uh, other kinds of indicia. Uh, indicia? That's a, there's a new indicia. word. There's a new word for us. Indicia. Uh, it's, it's the plural of indexes. <laughs> I, think, I, I mean, it's the plural of indica- indexes. In, indexes in, would be what Indicators. Now, I think it's the plural of indicators. Okay, yeah, that yeah, would be it. Yeah, indesia. I'm just going to use that from time indicia, to time. Indesia, I think it's yeah. indesia. Yeah, I'm just going to say, you know, there's multiple indesia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't sound pretentious enough. Uh, that you have a passenger <laughs> who is intent upon blowing up the plane. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, for that, you don't necessarily need uh, an AIT or a, oh. a so-called body scanner. Oh, the body scanners, of course, are extraordinarily helpful for non-metallic devices, mm. uh, but they are not the only thing that can help us with detection. So, so uh, you don't need uh, naked body scanners because we have plenty of indicia. I, you know, the only thing I could come up with here is she just wants more people. She just wants more slavelets running around doing whatever she tells them to do. I couldn't come up with anything else. Well, I have to go back to the Micah testimony that we heard and played on the show, I don't know, five <sighs> months ago. More than that. More than that. Where Micah says... Uh, he, they don't he, work. <laughs> they don't work. Yeah. <laughs> the machines, we get the report right here in front of me. They're, they're tested and tested. They don't work. Yeah. So I think it's, a, it's just a reenactment of the fractal of the puffer machine. Hmm. Which doesn't work, and they right. took them out of service. They're going to take these things out of service, yeah. I bet. I mean, they're, they're kind of like when I said the last time I came out of Seattle, they had them all blocked off. They weren't yeah. using them at all. They were using nothing but metal detectors. Yeah, when, I came, was, when I came back from uh, Los Angeles from visiting my daughter uh, at LAX, no uh, naked body scanners, no, no microwaves, only uh, a magnetometer. So something's up. At LAX, yeah. Although well, they, something's up everywhere. Yeah. Because it's no coincidence that we both came through big airports and we ran into the situation. I mean, Oakland was using them on the way out, but they still had their, you know, there were lines that were only went through magnetometers, which is the one you get into. But the other ones were, they were working them, but the big airports weren't. It's it's interesting. And this seems to me to be her trying to soften the blow. Because there's going to be a huge... Oh, if they pull those things offline, there's going to be yeah. squawking. Yeah, here comes the blowback. You're right. That's possible. And by the way, she needs a new necklace. The, you know, those big rocks. Oh, they're <laughs> probably all grimy. Can you imagine? <laughs> she has, a, like, big blue rocks on a leather thong. This is no... This is, hello, 1970 calling, Lucy. Please, we want our rocks back. Did you get some pearls or something? <laughs> Look much better on her. So I have a bunch of boulders around her neck. <laughs> yeah, she's like a boulders. A new segment, John, at the beginning of the show, which I think is really important. We start off. You ready for it? I'm always ready. We- I was born ready. We suck. Okay. I thought the we suck segment, just to get some stuff out of the way. Uh, I suck a lot more than you do. So here we go. Uh, Jerry that may Sa- be true. Yes, Jerry Sandusky. What's it got to do with the show? <laughs> Jerry, hey, 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 hey. 
Jerry Sandusky, I thought that he would get off on the... Oh, yeah, uh, I was going to give you crap about that. Yeah, on his, uh, uh, what was it, the uh, hmm, the HPD? Yeah, the hyperventilating yeah, syndrome. Hyper, yeah, personality disorder. Uh, so, whoa, okay, I was wrong there. Indicted on 45 of 48 counts. Uh, so I thought he was a kingpin. I guess not. He's <laughs> like, out, go away. How long do you think before um, he suicides himself? In, well, uh, they did. The they're already softening the blow. The media softening the blow on that because they ha- they have mentioned everywhere I've turned that he's on suicide watch. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So so that it won't take long before we have. <laughs> we the, uh, have a Deadpool. Deadpool. No, it's okay. Work. It's not fair. It's easy. It's easy. Um, so that yeah, so there's that one. Uh, boy, it gets worse for me. Uh, Mitch Daniels, who I said would possibly be Romney's VP nomination, now officially named Purdue University's president. So I guess that uh, that pulls step him out for him. <laughs> yeah, big step up. So that uh, pulls him out of the running, and it, it just went downhill from there. You know, I was I was so sure that uh, Ronaldo would throw the. Uh, Euro 2012 match against uh, the Czech Republic, and damn if he didn't pull one off. So the Czech Republic is out. Portugal goes through. You, of course, uh, said Portugal would win, but you lost on the uh, Germany versus Greece, which uh, was being heralded in the United uh, in uh, the United States of Europe as the Battle of the Bailouts. Um, so uh, Germany literally just stomped on Greece. Yeah, I think that was to make a point. Did you think? It was just like, hey, boom. So we still have Spain is still in the race. You didn't predict France. You did say Spain. No, no, I'm still Germany, Italy. And you're Germany, Italy. I'm, I'm sticking with, uh, I'm I, you're, I'm moving Spain. Well, Spain won last the last competition, I think. Well, uh, well, Spain plays, uh, I don't know. I mean, by the way, if you're... We'll see. When we get to yeah. the end, we're getting close <laughs> to the end, then we'll make our final predictions and we'll see what happens. If you're you're, you're going to stick with Germany because they could be taking them all the way to the end. And, and, and there's, a, there's a twist on this thesis that we have. We could explain it, but people should know what we're talking about. We think these games are rigged. Mm-hmm. And it's always done yeah, to sway. We don't actually we don't actually care about the sport. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> we do not give a crap about and it's the sport. Soccer, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> which is always one nil. I mean, come on. No, no, no. It, uh, G- Germany, Greece was four two. Come on, that was yeah, a pounding. Well, okay, that was, was a pounding. Out of control. Yeah, it was a pounding. So, uh, uh, we have no. We have um, England against Italy today. So of course, in in my thesis, Italy will win that. In, in Italy has to win. For uh, you. Now we will get, I think, France against Portugal. So here at the uh, at Camp Mofo, uh, Miss Mickey has uh, has gone off the reservation, and she's saying, of course, she totally buys into the rigness of it. By the all. way, I picked England in this in this Italian match. You pe- really you're picking England? Okay, yeah, all right. Because I don't think it, Italy's the, is the target country. I do, um, but Miss Mickey is saying, no matter what she says. It's time they want to start World War Three. Germany for the win. She's all the. She's all the way. She's well, way now, beyond see, us. This is what I was going to say. I'm. I can see this being a, a scenario. I can see Germany winning the whole thing just to say, "Look, we're in charge." <laughs> uh, no, wait so a minute. I think, I think Mickey may be onto something. Here, I'm not going to argue that one. Here's here's Angela Merkel uh, after Germany wins Euro 2012. Shut up, slave. That's <laughs> exactly what it's going to be. Well, you know, and uh, of course now I have to just be 
I just have to ha- take in a different position here at the house uh, because I, I, you know, I mean, I'm I'm looking at these guys. They're so desperate to save this euro thing that it seems hard for me to believe that they would be willing to start, you know, the actual civil war over there in the in Euroland by letting I, Germany. No, it's premature. Win. It's not going to start for a while. Well, it's going to it's going to self it's going to blow up on its own. It's not going to be in, inst, instigated by anyone. I do have Merkel a uh, little Merkel clip. Did you see her by the way during that match? Did you watch any of it? No, I don't watch soccer. It's so boring. Oh, no, so I had it on. Um, no offense to our European <laughs> listeners or or South South American listeners. Every single time the Mannschaft, as I know, which is a, a military term. Every single time they would win, she would go like, you know, those little arms would go up, and then she would rub her hands together. It was the creepiest <laughs> thing. <and> laugh. <laughs> exactly. All right. What do you have from uh, Herr Merkel? Well, I just want to reiterate this this issue, with, which I think is just a little theme in here. I want to talk about for one second, and then we can move move along. Yeah. Oh, I, I, this is the Merkel on Europe clip? I'm sorry. Yeah. In Europe, German Chancellor Angela Merkel has agreed on more growth measures. On Friday, after meeting with her French, Spanish and Italian counterparts, she agreed to putting together a 130 billion euro package. That would include, for example, boosting funds in the European Investment Bank so it could lend more to troubled governments. Well, Merkel's line has always been that austerity holds the key to getting the eurozone out of its debt crisis. And she's also sticking to her stance that Europe needs to be more closely tied together. Yeah. 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 That's, <laughs> That's kind of the message. <laughs> yeah. It's like, in other words, starve to death and we're the boss. You know, uh, Schobel uh, came out this morning and he said, this has got to stop. We need to have uh, a much larger European uh, government. And in fact, I have the I have it here. The German upper house. Uh is now saying that this this is where it gets frightening. In order to implement the ESM, the European Stability Mechanism, they want financial concessions, i.e. Uh, collateral, just like what Finland was asking for, for billions of euros. So, you know, now you have the risk that if, what what everyone was really afraid of is when when these countries, and they inevitably will, default on their loans, then Germany comes in and says, hey, give me that bike. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's like, I've seen this movie before several times. Yeah. yeah. They're just doing it differently this time. Yeah. Here's the, um, here, so there's a proposal now. Uh, here's, here's the quote it translated from, uh, from Angela. More Europeans means we must give up more powers to Europe. And now this is written by the BBC. So I'm going to presume that the, that the words give up are a, a loose translation to uh, make people feel crappy about it, uh, th- so they, she's putting together that she's putting together something called the Future Group, and the Future Group is going to come up with this proposal for how we're going to integrate Europe more. So here's the one, two, three, the six point plan: uh, one, more European power to determine the economic and tax policies of the member states. There should be a quote transfer of sovereignty to the European Centre. Now again, this is the BBC. So, you know, this could be complete propagandistic translation, and I have not read the original documents. 
Uh, second on the list, a strengthening of the EU's foreign office with a common European foreign and security police, also known as brown shirts. Uh, a smaller European commission able to make decisions faster. It's always good. A bigger role for the European Parliament to make, quote, stronger democratic legitimacy. A directly elected president of Europe. Now, that's interesting because, of course, we don't have that right now. And then here's the best one. And this was a big one when the Lisbon Treaty came around. Now they're saying we need a European army. This is is exactly what (laughs) exactly what, what everyone was afraid of. And here it is. I do have. I do we have, have a winner. Finally, I, finally. Yes, I do. Have, admitted it. I have a note from one of our producers from Sintra, Portugal, uh, Yao Alves. Uh, now, of course, we've been harping on Barroso that he's such a douchebag. Says, uh, "Hey, in the morning, my name is Yao Alves. I'm from Sintra, Portugal. I've been a listener for a long time. I've donated. Uh, oh, I donated on eleven, eleven, eleven. I was listening to the last show when I heard John saying that Haiku Herman is more entertaining than, uh, I think that was me actually, than the president of the European Commission, uh, Barroso. That remark concerning a countryman made me take upon myself the task of saving the Portuguese honor. We too are able to provide great entertainment for all the slaves. <laughs> he, he says, and then he sends a, the age old video of uh, Barroso when he was the leader of the Maoist youth government in Portugal. Uh, back in 1974. And the guy was he's a total communist. Total communist. And it's a great video. It's in the show notes uh, with subtitles at 420.nashownotes.com. It says, really, I, you know, I, no respect, but I believe the Portuguese could provide a lot no more. Disrespect. Uh, yeah, he he says, no disrespect. He said no respect. I'm sorry, no disrespect. I mean no disrespect, but I, leave, I believe that the Portuguese can provide a lot more fun than the Belgians. So already we have dissent amongst our own audience. <laughs> the Belgians, the boring Belgians, the boring, boring Belgians, communist Portuguese. We're much better. We're much better than that. And then just just to wind it up with with Europe, because you said something really interesting. We were talking about this in the last episode about how the European ID and the certification of um, trade was going uh, tradesmanship was going to lead to licensing of journalism. And Kosovo's justice minister and deputy prime minister, Hajaret Kuchi, resigned after parliament passed a new penal code comprising two articles the European Union says will undermine the freedom of the press. Two articles that uh, is really, and really if you read into it, it's what the European Union is calling for. And this is about the shield law. Um about uh, protecting your sources as a journalist. So Kosovo's the first one to buckle, really, and say, well, you know, if, if, if the courts get a warrant, and the UK is the same now, if the courts get a warrant, then you have to reveal your sources. Um, so so, you're, so you're so spot on that journalism is going to die in, uh, in, in Euroland. It is over. Yeah, well, it has to be. In order, for the- everything has to go the way of the Chinese, you know, where the state controls the message, right? Because it's not good otherwise; no. it falls apart. Well, I mean, in a corrupt society, it, you can't have any. You can't even have the the mildest form of corruption if you have a free press. It yeah, can't be done. Yeah, it's no good. Yeah, and so, then just finally go. to wrap up our um, "We Suck" segment uh, regarding Marinol. I received several of these emails. I don't know if you received any. 
On what? I'm sorry. Uh, Marinol. I guess we were talking about uh, synthetic drugs and. Oh right, Marinol, right? The, yeah, and you whatever. said yeah, yeah the, you, the, the, the THC or the THC substitute. Right, and you said you can't get high off of this. No, no, I said it. I, I corrected that at the end of my comment. I read right from the book of knowledge. It says no, it's you get more high. Oh, okay, yeah, because that's the message. No, it's, it's, <laughs> the, the problem is people have to realize that with this show, and I've seen this happen. Uh, We'll say something, and then we'll correct ourselves five minutes later. But they're already off writing and nasty emails. We're doing the show emails. in real time, yeah, yeah. and we're looking at, at all kinds of documents. Our, our windows are wide open. This is like being in the stock market. You're trading stocks, <laughs> and you change your mind. You say, oh, wait a minute. I was wrong about that. But people li- listen linearly, and they think that nothing, you know, so they, they don't listen to the whole thing. They don't listen to, through the show. Yeah, so here's how it goes. Ah! Ah! Oh, that jerk. Hold on a second. Said that off an email. I said him right, and then they forget to listen to the rest. Right? Yeah. No, that was corrected on the fly. So apparently, Marinol is awesome. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> well, the, 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 the legalization of dope is done. That's basically the uh, well. I you know um, this being episode four twenty, and I was actually expecting to see a lot of four twenty donors. Got nothing. Now we got one. Yeah, we got one we got and the one, two from the last show. One 420 donor. I'm like, I got all these cool weed clips, war on weed. I'm like, you know, our audience is going to love this. Now I feel stupid. No one seems to care. <laughs> yeah, no, we do not have a big... Uh, no, we, we don't have a stone. Well, apparently they like Marinol and bath salts. We got enough of that. I don't think about that either. <laughs> anyway. I don't think uh, our, our audience is, uh, is that uh, wasted, generally speaking. I do have one kind of an interesting clip. Um, it says, if you want to bring some of your dope clips out, and we can get them out of the way, then we can do our donation. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah I, let me do two dope clips. So, yeah, do a couple so one, and, uh, and of course, there is something afoot, and I think we, we kind of uh, tripped over it on the last episode that it looks like um, a legal <clears throat> patented synthesized version of marijuana is going to uh, be sold by Big Pharma. And I guess we're being prepared for that. And it seems like what we had to do is get rid of all the, you know, all the synthetic stuff. So spice and and K2 and, of course, the bath salts. Because, you know, we've got to, you know, like good dr- drug dealers, the good drug dealers at the pharmaceutical companies are. we got to get rid of the competition and then we're going to come into the market. But it was surprising to hear Rahm Emanuel say this. I got comfortable with this because I think this is the right thing to do for a number of reasons. It does not undermine what we're trying to do on fighting crime. In fact, I think it more focuses us on the hardcore elements. So he's talking about decriminalizing uh, marijuana in Chicago. So you can have a, uh, a certain amount of personal, uh, for personal use on you and not get thrown into jail. And for him, I mean, this, is, this guy is without a doubt, you know, an a-hole. Uh, and you you wouldn't expect him to be doing this, so that was surprising. <coughs> and then just as a excuse me, just as a fun clip, I found uh, yet more of the uh, congressional testimony of the DEA administrator Leonard, the woman who we played the clip from uh, on the last episode, who is is just getting hammered by uh, by this panel. And Steve, Steve, Steve Cohen, uh, what is he? He's from, um, I don't know what state he's from. You just got to, I mean, it's five minutes. I'm not going to play it. If, if you want, we can play it end of show. Well, I was going to play it end of show clip, but let me play a little bit. 
this woman from the get go is just, you know, forget about it. And and I don't understand how DEA could send such a bonehead. And more importantly, that all these guys are all trying to get marijuana legalized. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Hunter. Uh, what's your budget? Yeah. Well, currently. Um, Approximately. Uh, two million. Uh, two million? <laughs> two I'm sorry, $2 billion. She's already lost. It's like, if you make that kind of mistake at the beginning, forget yeah, about done. it. Forget yeah. about it. Uh, is salary and expenses. And then we have additional with a fee account for our diversion program. Blah, blah, blah. So um, total budget is about over $2 billion. Not over $2 billion. Do, do you get any confiscation money? Do you get any money from confiscation? What? I'm what? sorry? Do you get any money from confiscation? <laughs> I love that. I'm sorry. What? I wasn't expecting that question. Not in the script. Confiscations of properties the you're talking about asset forfeiture yes. um, there is money that the Department of Justice gives us from the asset for how much money do you get from that uh, I would have to uh, you have any idea at all uh, <laughs> if you give me a moment I could I'd rather not take the <gasps> did you see did you see this by any chance did you did you watch no, this this is brutal oh yeah it just goes on and on but she has in front of her she has a binder and you can see that it's open to a page that has pie charts. I don't know what she was expecting to do. Was she going to hold? An, obviously, an idiot. By the way, I thought it's funny the difference in the. He says confiscations, and she's befuddled by this, and then she realizes, or or always knew that it was asset, asset forfeiture. forfeiture. Which is, it's a different way of looking. It's confiscation. Yeah, stealing is what it it's is. Stealing. It's not. Asset forfeiture it makes it sound as though I okay you can have my Ferrari. Well, this is yeah exactly. It's, the IRS probably calls it asset forfeiture as well. Uh, in fact, so anyway, so there is there's such a huge, on one hand, a war on weed where we have now the IRS um, seizing bank accounts of people who rent out buildings to uh, marijuana dispensaries in California, but on the other hand, we've got. All these guys in Congress saying, you know, come on, we got to, you know, th this clip actually ends up with him saying, you know, can you really tell me that, that, you know, this is dangerous where, you know, there's like a Navy SEAL who has cancer and it helps him eat and puts a smile on his face, you know, which of course is like, what douchebag is going to say, no, that's no good. So, you know, we have that. And then uh, what was the name of the company you said? Because I, I found the uh, GW Pharma is coming out with Sativex. And that's the uh, the synthesized liquid cannabinoid. It was like these, Abbott these Laboratories. These guys were bought out by one of the big ones. Were these, the, were these guys bought out? The GW Pharma? Were they the ones that were bought out? I don't out? know if it was GW Pharma or the... Or no, it was something else. It started uh, with an S, I believe. I have to look it up. Right. Because... But, it, yeah, well, the Sativex. Was that it? Sativex? No. Okay. Something else. Okay. So, so Sativex is, uh, is a synthesized liquid cannabinoid medicine. And so it, it just seems to me like, I mean, I can't for a second believe these guys give a crap about medical marijuana because there's nothing in it for them. They must be doing this to say marijuana or the cannabinoid properties or whatever is good. And we're going to have a huge announcement one of these days. I mean, this just it seems like that's in the cards and they're setting us up for it. Yeah, or something's good. Yeah, something's up. Uh, and I think, but I think it's going to go toward the far, the big pharma companies. That's what I'm they, saying. They, that's that's what I'm because Obama needs their money. But that's what I'm saying is we're, yeah. we're being set up. On one hand, let's get rid of the 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 real drug dealing system, uh, even though it's medical marijuana. On the other hand, we're going to say 
medical marijuana is really great, but now it's really about medical marijuana, but we have to sell our medical marijuana through our approved drug dealers known as the doctors. That's where this has to be going. I just don't see any other logical explanation. I don't believe any of these guys actually has the slaves of Gitmo Nation's you know, best interests at heart. You think, really? <laughs> well, just a thought. Anyway, in the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. Well, in the morning to you. Before I get off the topic, I do want to play my, oh, my dope clip. Yeah, you, uh, what's your dope clip? Man? In the morning to you, by the way, yeah. Adam Curry and all ships and sea boots on the ground, subs in the water and feet in the air. Yeah, and of course, human resources who are with us once again in the chat room, noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. Good. What's your dope clip? So Megan McCain is stumping. Oh, God, this, this book, this trip she did with this other douche. Yeah, she uh, and this guy, uh, and they were on uh, C-SPAN. Yeah, America, You Pretty Bitch, I think is the name of the book. America, You Sexy Bitch. Whatever. And what, what do you mean, whatever? You said it. <laughs> here's, the, here's the why. It's because I, the, first, the first time I heard about this book, the comedian she went on tour with was on Joy Behar, and it was like 11 minutes, and I couldn't sit through it. I yeah, couldn't well, sit, through, sit through it. Yeah. But I, they went on and on about the, the difference between the red and the blue states, and this guy's a Democrat, and yeah. she's a Republican. And by the way, she's getting pretty chubby for her age, it seems to me. No no offense now, to is, Now, is this the gay Cheney? No, Cheney? No, this is oh, McCain. Oh, this is McCain. McCain. Oh, there you go. This is, so this is McCain's daughter? Yeah, she's the one that's always, she writes, she writes a column for the, for the Daily Beast, and yeah, it's McCain's daughter. Hold on. And she's getting dingy. I mean, she's, I've seen her before when she was <laughs> We're getting a, a lot of trouble younger. For she this. seemed pretty sharp, and now she seems like a dingbat. I think she's also having something going on with her and her married partner, the, the married guy who's the Democrat. So they, they went into a thing, and then the, the seat, it was kind of boring, and she was like giving, it, give, giving him grief and the other way around. And But the guy from C-SPAN asked what after they took this tour, what changed? And I thought it was interesting what the two of them, because they both denied, no, I'm still the same Democrat I was, I'm still the same Republican I was, but that's not true. And the changes I thought were fascinating. It's a little longer than I like this clip to be, but you have to listen to it uh, to the end because his change is interesting and unique and her change is even more interesting. Prejudices you may have. There's a stereotype that Republicans are more fun than Democrats. And having spent time on the road with a lot of Republicans, I can absolutely confirm that that's true. <laughs> Republicans are a lot more fun than we Democrats. We like to have a good time in a different way than Democrats do, I'm telling you. Any of your views change in no. this tour? No. Yeah, I mean, oh, come on. I got more into guns. <laughs> had never fired a gun. Megan's brother taught me to shoot. Uh, I liked that a lot. So it's your brother who served in the Marines? Yes. Yeah, he's here now. He's behind you. Okay. <laughs> um, we had a great time shooting. No, it wasn't really about changing minds so much as it was just trying to hear the other person's point of view without judgment and without prejudice. And um, I think I changed your mind far more than you changed mine. I think I'm a lot more persuasive and articulate. <laughs> um, I had my mind changed on um, quite a few different things. Not, I mean... 
I don't know if we're allowed to say this. <laughs> on um, marijuana legalization. Had you in not America. been in I hadn't. When we went on the road, it was the time that we really met a lot of people that. A lot of stoners. Um, we just met a lot of people. I met a lot of people that gave really good cases for economically why it should be changed. And once I started really doing research on the decriminalization of marijuana in this country and the possible financial benefits and really why we're imprisoning so many people for so many reasons, my opinion has been changed, which is sort of a scary thing to admit because, again, it goes so against the Republican orthodoxy, and I feel like it's just one more thing right-wing conservatives are going to use against me, but this book shows... Well, William F. Buckley was a big supporter of drugs. Yes, he was. And, you know, Legal possibly version. Mario Cuomo at this point, and the Andrew? tides really are... Yeah, or Mario. Andrew, I'm sorry, yes. But, and Mario Mayor Bloomberg... <laughs> but it's just, I don't know, it's another scary thing, but that was definitely... Okay, so now I'm even more convinced it's a coordinated campaign because now she's coming out at the same time that all these other guys are coming out. This is coordinated. Yeah. And uh, well, I, mean, I don't know whether she's, it's co- how coordinated it is with her mm, but, uh, or coincidental, but it did mm. come out in the story, so it was brought out. And uh, so it sums up. I'm going to uh, repeat your pet it peeve. Up, but wait a minute. Sums up, but it sure didn't, it wasn't reflected in our donations. No. No. Before we get to that, I, I just want to repeat that uh, that Wikipedia should have people's height listed. This is one of your peeves, and I'm just looking at her Wikipedia page, and uh, there's no height listed. I agree with that. Well, I, 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 of course I agree with it, because I brought it up over and over, and yeah. so have you. Yeah. Which is this is a, is a huge... A mistake. Uh, a mistake. Hole. It's a, it's, it's a data hole. It's a data hole. <laughs> there you go. All right. So we got, uh, let me see, let me count. Uh, one... We got one 420 donation, and uh, that's it. Well, we, we we do have some. Uh, we did have a couple of executive producers, which is nice. Uh, but yeah, I was but nobody. Can, no, no, that was this was I considered to be a failed uh, promotion. Yeah. <laughs> a failed promotion. <laughs> it's just as bad as wearing pants when you have we sexy legs. Couple, <laughs> the Russian Today girl. The uh, we've had a couple failed promotions now and again. This was this was like the a, biggest a, dog. a nap for humanity. Yeah, dog. Huge failure. Yeah, dog. Exactly. Dog. Yeah. Well, this is right up there. But we do have some people we want to thank. Sir David Hoffman of Enola, Pennsylvania. Uh, credit uh, Rhino the Bearded Knighthood. He, oh. uh, join him for Double O Show on No Agenda Stream every Friday at seven p.m. Five hundred five four three two one. Nice, nice uh, number. From, uh, Sir David, want to appreciate, we appreciate that. Yeah, sure. And our 420 donor is, is. Uh, who won't even admit to his name. He refuses to give his name. He's Amsterdam in Middleburg. That's his uh, name <laughs> in Florida. Wow. And he's got this comment, uh, donations to support the No Agenda Show. I wish to express my concern for the abuse of pharmaceuticals, especially among women under 30. Many of the younger women are taking amphetamines, Adderall, uh, benzodiazepines, muscle relaxers, Ativan, and Clonopin. Anti- this guy must be a pharmacist. Yeah. Antidepressants, Welbutrin, and pain, or Welbutrin, and painkillers, Loratab, and more, all at the same time. Woot! I believe they suffer from amphetamine psychosis or worse. The emotional up and down swing they experience causes explosive personalities. I wonder how many young women in this country are addicted to powerful medications. You have the best podcast in the universe. I look forward to meeting Adam on the next pod, Hot Pocket Store. Please continue to expose the pharmaceutical abuse crisis. So women take these all at the same time? Well, that's what he's saying, and we, I wouldn't be surprised. I think you should take People them. People don't know what they're doing when they're taking drugs. I think it's okay if you take them as long as you 
wash it down with a martini. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, thank, martini. Th- thank you, Amsterdam and Middleburg, for the only uh, entry into our uh, uh, hotly anticipated co- oh. uh, uh, promotion. Or 20. Well, we do have two others carryovers that will also get credit as executive producers. 420 Club members from last show since I promised du- I promised double producerships and this is yeah, what we got. Yeah. T- two. <laughs> <laughs> I own Emmerich in Brook Park, uh, Ohio. 33333 anti-degrowth stimulus for the best show in the universe. and Best show in the universe. Mm, wow. And John, my first name is I own uh, I from India. I in, e, e own, okay, pronounced E- and at Eon, and my Roman equivalent, John, Eon, Eon. Okay, John, Eon. He says, to make it easier, just call to make me it John. Easy, <laughs> just call me John. All right, thanks. <laughs> Send karma my way, karma with a C. See karma.org, by the way, C-A-R-M-A. Last time I worked, it worked like a charm. Keep up the good work. All right, here you go, my friend. Some karma for you. You've got karma. And continuing on for the... Credits for show 420 as associate executive producer Daniel Stamet, 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 I don't know. Hamilton, New Jersey, 21212. Love the podcast. First time donor. I'm ashamed to admit, but I used to skip through the donation segment, but I've stopped because there's good information that we've slipped in. Exactly. Good thing, or I would have missed that great bad karma story of the guy in the woods with the toilet paper. <laughs> that was one of the better ones. Yeah. So people don't skip the donation segment. Can you please give that guy, that guy, another karma from me? And can you give me a war on chicken? I just bought four chickens. Oh, wow. Okay. So we do a combo then war on chicken, uh, uh, karma combo. Okay. Okay. Oh, sorry. I wasn't prepared for that. Here we go. The war on chicken. You've got karma. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, Now we have an anonymous donation of 20202. Been a boner for years, he says. I've donated before. You don't have to read all the crap. The rest of this, read what you want in public. Just take the opportunity to share my experience that you're thinking about going to Syria. Me and my wife went to Gitmo Nation, Damascus, a couple years ago to attend a Christian wedding in the city of Aleppo. Uh, Syria's lo- second largest city, not far from Turkey. The first thing that struck us were large Stalin-like images of the president on the walls of the large buildings. When we asked people we knew about their opinion of the president, most of them told us that the positive thing about al-Assad is that he's tall. <laughs> We've been told beforehand that Syrians are well known for their hospitality, even more so than other countries in the region. On the first day, we went looking for a local SIM card so we could be able to use our cell phones. In the first shop we entered, we were welcomed by a guy who didn't understand any English. But when we pointed at the logo of the state-controlled cell phone company, he called for his son. And come on, where's my open up? Gave him some brief instructions. And off we went with the kid as our guide. We reached our destination within a few minutes, a building resembling a postal office with people waiting in long lines. A security guard apologized. That's my interpretation of his words and escorted us past the line so we could do our business. They did, however, take our fingerprints during the sign-up process, but that's state policy, which, of course, could be very different from the attitude of the hello citizens. Interesting. Anyway, yeah, so that, but that part of the world, there is a lot of, uh, Turkey's fairly uh, hospitable, too. I think it's similar cultures. Anyway, that will will be our uh, 
a donation, uh, executive producer donation segment. That's what we got for the show 420. Very little interest in 420 itself. But we do have, we do have we'll two. go on with some other idea and see if we can get some um, more enthusiasm. We do have go two. The, well, we have. No, we have two other uh, 420 Club members from a previous episode who I do want to mention. They do get their double uh, producership, and that's John Pacifici and Jeroen Huttinga. Right, we're reminding people to go to Dvorak.org slash NA, channeldvorak.com slash NA, noagendanation.com and noagendashow.com, and click on the Donate button there, and you'll uh, be able to help us out for show 421. And I would like to thank uh, Cosmo for providing the album art for the previous episode of No Agenda, episode number 419-er. Dvorak.org. Slash of course, you can always do one thing to help the best podcast in the universe is propagate our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Oh. Come on, everybody, say it like you mean it. Love that kid. I just love the kid. <laughs> kid. Anyway, so the even though we kind of suck in a lot of stuff, I am, uh, well, pleased is not the word, but very interesting to see that uh, whether it's a false flag or whatever it is, you know, of course, the prediction was uh, Turkey will have some kind of event uh, with Syria, and that will uh, prompt a Chapter 7 resolution uh, since Turkey is a NATO member, and they're going to go and say, "Hey, yeah, we need uh, we need some kind of help here," and uh, one of the members has been attacked, and that means uh, you've got to step it up. And uh, well, here's the uh, the BBC report uh, proving just that. Syrian air defenses have destroyed a Turkish fighter jet after it violated airspace in the country's north. Ankara, however, is now vowing decisive action in response. Yeah, decisive action. Yeah, this whole thing is weird, and it's, it's a weak, weak uh, debate. I don't like it. Uh, I, I have one little clip from Euro News. Mm. I've been I, this today show. I have all my clips are from different or, or alien sources. I think I may have one from uh, Democracy Now. But th- there's a little tidbit in this Turkey mad about refugees. I think that they that there's some, something fishy about this whole story spilled over the border into Turkey since violence erupted 15 months ago between Ankara and Damascus have hit an all-time low. More than 32,000 Syrian refugees have spilled over the border into Turkey since violence erupted 15 months ago. Ankara has called on President Assad to step down over his handling of the uprising. This incident will further escalate tensions with his regime. Hmm. Now, so there's something, I think Turkey's mad about the refugees, and so this is an excuse. And there was another clip I didn't take or put out, but just to summarize it, it was that the uh, Turkey says, hey, we're always flying over there. No, you I know, have it. Low-flying low jets are normal? That, yeah, or yeah. Do I have that clip? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it here. Oh, yeah, yeah play yeah. that, yeah. Now, Jasper, Turkish President Abdullah Gul has said this morning that it's actually routine for jets traveling at high speed to cross borders for a short amount of distance. So is this shooting of the jet a sign of increasingly frayed Syrian nerves, for example? You know, there's something else going on, because this happened over Hatay province. And this is a uh, the Hatay state. This has always been... A, uh, a region of contention between Syria and Turkey. 
uh, I think at one point it was uh, Syrian uh, turf, then it became uh, Turkish turf. So, you know, there is some kind of like longstanding dispute over this, uh, this exact area. Uh, something that I found that was quite interesting is uh, Operation Orchard. Orchard. And uh, this dates back to, wow, uh, this is uh, 2008. Apparently, uh, Israeli intelligence has, uh, and this is, this is, it isn't from the Book of Knowledge, so, you know, the Wikipedia, so take it with, uh, with whatever grain of salt you want. Apparently, they have the technology, uh, here it is, a report in the IEEE Spectrum cited European sources claiming Syrian air defense network can be deactivated by a built-in kill switch activated by the Israelis. Um, now, this again, this is, uh, this is Book of Knowledge stuff. But to me, that means that this kind of points to like a, just a false flag. Just, you know, it's like, huh? Well, you know, it, it just happened. I don't know if it was intentional. Yeah, there's something, you know, with this, with this piece of information in, in mind, is it possible that the, uh, that the, somebody got together with the Turks and said, look, we, we need to do something here about, you know, to get something going. Uh, just fly one of your jets over there. We'll flip the yeah, switch. Don't worry about it. You just fly. Yeah, don't worry about it. We got you covered. We'll take care of the rest. And this doesn't work. It's bull crap. Mm. Flip the switch, but somebody reprogrammed the computers three years later. I mean, right. come on. Yeah. So the the thing that, that really blew me away, though, is uh, we got a report, and this is from, uh, this is a Reuters report. Let me just get you the actual date. Uh, so this is dated uh, yesterday. Syrian army has shelled the eastern city of Deir al-Zor Saturday, killing at least 28 people, according to opposition activists. This is the the, the big unknown, you know, opposite, whoever that is, opposition activists. And lo and behold, I went back uh, to two weeks ago when Victoria Nuland, who is, uh, she is Nostradamus, I'm telling you. Victoria Newland, the spokeshole for the State Department, knew, ex- she said, uh, we know I'm looking in my crystal ball, and I think... The regime may be organizing another massacre, this time in the village of Al Hafa in Latakia province, as well as in the towns of uh, Deir Azur, in Dara, in Homs, in Hama, and... She nailed it. How how awesome is she? Organizing a massacre. Yeah, that's how it works. You organize the massacre, and she calls out the town, the very town, Delazor, where twenty eight people, according to opposition activists, were killed. How, how did would she know this in the movie? All right, all right. She's, are our intelligence guys that good? She, no, and she is. She is. She <laughs> is the oracle. By the way, do you know who she's married to? Oh, brother. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of surprised uh, by this myself. She's married to. Hold on, I was just looking this up. Uh, hold on, Newland. This this freaked me out when I saw this. Here we go. Uh, wait, where is she? Oh, here. Robert Kagan. Robert Kagan, born September 26, 1958 in Athens, Greece, is an American historian, author, and foreign policy commentator at the Brookings Institution, co-founder of the, <coughs> of the political organization Project for the New American Century. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those guys. 
<laughs> so no wonder she has the inside track. This is pillow talk. Uh, Vicky, honey. And baby, listen. You, you know, why don't you just, I, I, think, uh, I think you can predict a massacre. Yeah, you want, you want to have some fun with the media? <laughs> yeah, predict a massacre. Predict it and see if anybody picks up on it. Yeah. I'll bet you 10 bucks they won't. Oh, yes, they will. Just those. No, they won't. <laughs> yes, they will. 10 bucks. I'll go 50. I'll wash the dishes and take out the trash. I promise, baby. So, uh, so, so clearly, when you can, and she's reading it. You can hear it right there. She's reading that information from her little binder. So, so, you know, you cannot say that we are not completely involved in, in, uh, in making this happen through our uh, unnamed opposition forces, whatever it's called. So while all of this is taking place, though, you know, what is kind of unreported is that Turkey uh, has been leading bombing raids on the Kurds, the, the Kurdistan Workers Party, right there on the other border. Uh, and they're all pissed at them for whatever. That's been going on for eons as well. And that's so that kind of happened under under the radar, so to speak, at the same time this jet, you know, so, so maybe it's just a huge distraction. Well, I mean, they're bombing. The Turks are bombing Kurdish rebels inside Iraq. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, thought, I thought you were implying it was that they were in Turkey. Oh, no, but the, it's, it's the, uh, the other border, I said. This is like, why is this going on? This is not being covered. No. Uh, it's it's outrageous. And I thought the Kurds were our friends. No, 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 no. no I guess not. Or may, maybe they are, and maybe that's why we needed some kind of distraction. <clears throat> well, that doesn't make any sense. Why would we want to distract it? We want to draw attention to it to get them to stop bombing our buddies. So the city of uh, the city of Derazor is two hundred eleven thousand people, according to Wikipedia. That's why we we needed a. Well, my understanding was supposedly the Syrians were bombing the the. Uh, shelters or the uh, refugee compounds. Hmm. You know, which is which because they're evil. Right. That, that's the way we define them. So they right. would they would find people, re- refugees, poor people, leave the country of Syria and then the Syrians bomb them. Hmm. I mean, hmm. this whole thing is really sketchy in terms of uh, the scenario. It's, I think it's very poorly written. And it's not following quite the script that it should be following. I mean, by, there should have been a no-fly zone by now, and they, and this guy should be scrambling to get out of the country. Well, no, I mean, no, that that's obvious. And, uh, well, I actually have the, uh, here's here's the script that should be followed, because, of course, the, uh, the lead actor is uh, Kofi Annan, uh, the notoriously corrupt Kofi Annan. And here's, here was his statement this week. It is time for countries of influence to raise a level of pressure on the parties on the ground. I think that means screw their balls tighter. And to persuade them that it is in their interest to stop the killing and start talking. When I briefed the Security Council last time, actually earlier this month, I said... As we move forward, we should keep our goals firmly in view. To stop the killing, help the suffering population, secure a political transition, and ensure that the crisis does not spread to the neighbors. Ah, uh-huh. The longer we wait, the darker Syria's future becomes. Now, spreading to the neighbors, of course, 
you know, you caught it immediately. Well, no, actually, I've caught something else. Too. Oh, what did you what did you catch? The uh, the the the, the meme uh, sovereign population. Ooh, let me hear that again. Hold on. The longer we wait, the darker serious no, future it's before becomes. That, it's before, before, before that, even before that. Hold on a second. The longer uh, we wait, stupid Kofi. Come on. Isis does not spread to the neighbors. No. no yeah, I'm going back further. To stop the killing, help the suffering population. Oh. Who is the sovereign population of Syria? Well, this is an interesting term because I've never I've heard it in this, in this sort of context before. Hmm. They're implying that, I think, by using this new term, they're implying that Syria it will, is, is, a, is a, I think it's implying that Syria is a country that is being... Uh, uh, ruled by some sort of outsiders. I did have and this, which brings me to an interesting point that is not being discussed at all, which is, and I only got this from. I, there's, I have a really crappy clip where somebody mentioned it as soon as they said it. Uh, it was from one of these foreign news uh, sources. I think it was Al Jazeera actually. Hmm. Uh, they mentioned that, and I didn't. This didn't. I don't know why it didn't dawn on me, but but I didn't realize that Assad is a member of the Bath Party which is the same party that Saddam Hussein was a member of. Hmm. And I think that there is a, there was always a uh, some sort of, I think there was an agreement with that that party, which apparently is very deep rooted into certain Middle Eastern countries. Uh, it's a, it's a, uh, a Sunni party. Hmm. I think something broke down between them and some of the Western countries, including us. So we have to take all of them out. So, Hussein would be one. He's gone. They killed him. And this guy's the next target because he's this bath party's got to go for some reason. And I didn't think about de- deconstructing why or what happened or where it broke down or what 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 bad things occurred that required their ex their immediate extermination. But I think there's something to that too. And that's why I think sovereign population is being used as a term. So <clears throat> the uh, let me see. It's an ideology mixing Arab nationalist, pan-Arabism, Arab socialist, and anti-imperialist interests. Calls for the Renaissance or resurrection and unification of the Arab world. And this uh, the whole Bashad guy is interesting because you know he was he was educated in the U.S. Um. Hmm. Well, I there's a lot of thoughts that I have and. Uh, and I've actually uh, remember uh, I was telling you about our friends in uh, in Los Angeles, and they gave me a lot of that uh, Sharia in America, the little propaganda booklets that I was reading. Yeah. So this is uh, so they're they're visiting this weekend. And in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm does he bring some more books? <laughs> more, better than that. In fact, last night uh, it was like eleven thirty. I at one point said. Everything you're telling me, just are you? I just want to make sure you're not my CIA handler, and you're not here to you know just indoctrinate me with all this stuff. She says, "No, no, no. I'm just a housefrau from Los Angeles." Uh huh. <laughs> That's why they go to Austin to visit you. Exactly. I like this. Can't be any good. But uh, but we had a very long, uh, interesting conversation about uh, the actual plan. Um, and I have to say it kind of fits into some other things that, that, you know, that we've been looking at and, and maybe it fits into the, into the Both party as well. But before I get to that, I would like to play just a few snippets of an interview that was done at the state department on the top floor there. They have a nice, they have a nice, like a bitching, like little, uh, 
auditorium going on. Nice lighting and everything. And this was Charlie Rose interviewing um, James. Yes, I saw this. Quite good. Yes, James Baker and uh, Lucifer Clippity-Clop Hillary Clinton. And um, so the topic, I have three clips. So the topic comes up about Iran. And so it's very obvious that uh, we got to take them out. But the language that was used and the laughter and the elitism of it all, because at the end of the day, no matter what you're doing for whatever reasons, you're going to be killing people. And the killing people thing is what I object to. I have some problems with that. But listen to uh, Baker and then Clippity Clop and just laughing and about how it's going to be next year. And <laughs> containment will not work. I agree with that. I, I, my, my, my personal position on that is this. We ought to try every possible avenue we can to see if we can get them to correct their, their desire and, and goal of, cre- of acquiring a nuclear weapon. But we cannot let them acquire that weapon. We are the only country in the world that can stop that. The Israelis, in my opinion, do not have the capability of stopping it. They can delay it. There will also be many, many side effects, all of them adverse, from an Israeli strike. But at the end of the day, if we don't get it done the way the administration's working on it now, which I totally agree with, then we ought to take them out. Secretary Clinton. <laughs> 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 well, we're, hey, that's work- a rep- we're that's working a hard. We're working hard. <laughs> I said at the end of the day, the end of the day may be next year. Next year. <laughs> we'll be. <laughs> It will be. Next year. <laughs> it will be. <laughs> the message is clear. Just clippity clop. <laughs> Kill him. Uh, so I was like, wow. Hey, I want to remind everybody: this is despite all the intelligence reports having it that. Uh, Iran is not working on uh, such a device uh, at all. Right. So, so here, here is now we a, either have good intelligence or we don't. Right. But so, so I, I think we do. So here is the. Uh, uh, now I'm going to interweave this with some of the conversation that I had. So there's two parts to this. One part is the firm belief, firm belief that uh, the leadership of Iran uh, is intent the minute they have a nuclear weapon to drop it on Israel. That is a firm, firm, firm belief. I'd really? And, 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 the, and, and that would do, and that would be wise because wha, what? Well, this is my point. I'm like, that makes no sense. It makes no sense. But the, the, what is being given back to me is that, no, it makes no sense because these people, uh, their only mission in life according to Sharia, the law of Islam, and this does not reflect the people of Persia or Iran specifically, but the leadership is... It doesn't refer to the sovereign population. The sovereign population, no. It only refers to the leadership and that their whole mission in life is to, you know, get credits with Allah um, and and, uh, whoever, uh, the, the big dude in the sky... Uh, and and that's what it's all about. And therefore, they are indeed crazy. And I say, well, if that was really true, you can get a dirty bomb. You can get all kinds of stuff. Why aren't they? Why haven't they been doing it already for all this time? 
And why don't, you know, there's so many things they could be doing. Why are they waiting for this to happen? That makes no sense. Now, I'll get, I'll get back to that in a second because I think we're actually being misled and it's about something else. So I wanted to play a second clip here about this maybe a year business because that was interesting to me. You know, at first Baker says maybe a year. No, definitely next year. I'm like, oh, really? Well, thanks for that tip off. They will have a nuclear weapon, but whether they will have the capacity to quickly have a nuclear weapon. Now, so there's a difference here. It's, it's the difference between having a nuclear weapon and the, the quick capacity to have a nuclear weapon. Well, that, that is obviously the question. And that is why Jim said, you know, at the end of the day, maybe a year. I mean, these kinds of calculations are maybe more than that. Maybe may more than that. They are difficult to make. That uh, a lot of countries around the world have the what's called breakout capacity. Breakout capacity. Right. They have stopped short of it. They have not pursued it. They have found it not to be in their interests or in the interests of regional stability. But do you think stability. that's what they mean and that's what they intend? Well, that's what we're testing. That's what every, every meeting with them is about, to try to really probe and see what kinds of commitments we can get out of them. Now, Okay, so now, now again, the conversation here at Camp MoFo was like, you know, if if you're tightening the noose around uh, Iran, you know, we're, we're forcing everybody, including China, not to purchase oil. Uh, we've uh, disabled their central banking. You know, so what sense does this make? At what point is it enough? And there's Lucifer basically saying, well, you know, we're just waiting until we're convinced. You know, this is what the meetings are about. Isn't what it, meetings? Uh, that's what she says. You know, there's like when they ask questions, we're trying, we're testing what this. meetings? With who, with who and when? I never I, heard about these meetings. I don't know. This is not, we're not privy to this. We don't have any security clearance. But here's, here's where the egregiousness comes in, in this last bit. Uh, but you also suggested that the United States should do it rather than a- Israel. Absolutely. And, I, and, and the reason I say that is... Uh, if you look at what Martin Dempsey said not long ago, he said if Israel hits... Chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff said if Israel hits uh, the Iranian nuclear facilities, we're going to lose a lot of American lives in the region. Many people in the Israeli national security establishment have come out publicly now, uh, you know, and questioned their leadership's uh, uh, view that, that maybe Israel ought to do it. And they say, no... Israel shouldn't do it. There are a lot of unanticipated consequences that could follow from that, not least of which is, not least of which is uh, strengthening the, the, um, the hand of the hardliners in Iran. I mean, you don't want to do that. They're having pr- troubles now. The sanctions are not complete yet. We want to s- squeeze them down more, but they're having an effect. And, and the government's having some problems, and you don't want to lose all that. In fact, I mean... It- what Jim is saying is a really important point because we know that there is a vigorous debate going on within the leadership uh, uh, decision-making group uh, in Iran. <laughs> she can't say she can't bring herself to say it. But the decision leadership making that Tea Party over there. Uh, there so, are those who listen. say, "Look, you know, these sanctions are really biting. We're not making the kind of economic progress we should be making." We don't give up that much by saying we're not going to do a nuclear weapon and having a a verifiable uh, regime to demonstrate that. 
And then, frankly, there are those who are saying the best thing that could happen to us is be attacked by somebody. <laughs> you know, just bring it on because that would unify <laughs> us. It would legitimize the regime. You know, you feel sometimes when you. So, okay, so what she's saying. Wait, wait, hold on. She said legitimize the regi- regime. Yeah. The, yeah. If they blow, if somebody blew something up, attacked us. Or, yes. Which, by the way, just indicates false light. It will legitimize our regime. No, 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 no. Their regime. They're saying it. The, the leadership of Iran. How's They're, that good for us? No, no. She's saying that this is what they are talking about, like th- that they are provoking that they actually want the attack. This is here. She she clarifies. Oh, I'm sorry. It. I, okay, I, the way she yeah. explained it was no. She, well, she, cla- well, she clarifies. She, they want to be attacked so they can stay in power. Well, what I think what she's saying is these By people... By the way, are, the, the regime has long since been legitimatized. That's bull crap. What she's saying is... That these people are nuts. That is what she's saying. Let's hear analysts and knowledgeable people talking about Iran, that they fear so much about uh, the survival of the regime because, you know, deep down it's not a legitimate regime. It doesn't represent the will of the people. It's kind of morphed into a uh, kind of a military uh, theocracy. And therefore, an argument is made constantly uh, on the hard line side of the Iranian uh, government that, you know, we're not going to give anything up. And in fact, we're going to provoke an attack because then um, we will be in power for as long as anyone can imagine. Okay. There, what do they do? Hold on a second. There's a number of things wrong with this. First of all, I, I get the biggest kick out of... Uh, to her keep commenting what Jim is saying. Jim, In other words, yeah, you can't Jim. understand a word yeah. of it. <laughs> Jim, it. Jim is drunk, by the way. And so uh, <laughs> she also he says that <clears throat> the reason you don't want Israel to bomb Iran, Iran is because it will c- cost American lives. Yeah, I, I don't know but where that came from. We can bomb them and it won't? What yeah. is that? How's, what sense does that make? I have no idea where that came from. I, I, I mean, Jim is, he had too many martinis before the interview. I don't know. I didn't understand that. But here's what I understand. That uh, uh, Clinton is saying these people are so nuts. They are, she's ta- she talks about the theocracy, a military theocracy, i.e. It, this is such an unbelievable belief that uh, we have to destroy Israel. We have to, you know, the caliphate, all these things that have to happen. These people are nuts. Now, so the conversation that went on here last night Turn then to the Muslim Brotherhood. And this is where I this is where I was like, huh, this is very interesting. I believe what is happening here is the elites of America who run the show feel that we are too stupid to understand perhaps the real threat that is taking place. And that is the integration of Sharia, uh, the law of Islam into uh, our American legal system, our culture. And this is, of course, you know, you can just Google it and you'll see that this is taking place all over the world. This is what's been happening in Europe. And the, the Muslim Brotherhood, who, as far as I remember, back in the day, weren't these guys like the assholes? And now all of a sudden they're our buddies and, and we trust them. Yeah, and they're the ones who killed all the German tourists that were going to visit the, the pyramids. Exactly. So, and by the way, the, they just won the election in Egypt, and I'm sure that wasn't without our help. So the, uh, the theory here, and I'm kind of buying into this, 
is that um, very much like, uh, even, I hate to say it because it makes me sound like a total whack job, but this is what Breivik put in his compendium, is that this is the third wave of attack from the Ottoman Empire, but they're going to do it without bloodshed. They want to integrate the law of Sharia into, uh, and of course America is the, is, is the holy grail, because once you remove pieces of the Constitution, then you know, you're winning. And of course, we're already seeing this because you know, if you look at the, the United Kingdom, you can't say uh, is, Islamism sucks. You know, that's like, now it's like against the law. And, you know, the, fir- the first thing to remove would be, would be our free speech. Blasphemy. Right. It's like the, it's the in- introducing blasphemy exactly. laws exactly. Into, the co- into the code. So, you know, now I'm looking at, <clears throat> at the Muslim Brotherhood, and I've, and I've collected a couple of interesting links in the show notes. Uh, for instance, uh, you know, there was a, a lawsuit, U.S. against the Holy Land Foundation in 2007. Do you, do you remember any of this? Mm, well, yeah, I might remember it when you talk about it. Well, this was apparently um, an uncovering of all of these um, uh, nonprofit organizations in the U.S. that were collecting money on behalf of the Muslim Brotherhood, but they weren't giving it to the uh, you know, to the the people they were supposed to be helping out with these nonprofits, they were sending it back to you know Hamas or whatever Hezbollah, uh, and this this was a huge lawsuit. I, I you know we weren't doing the show, so we weren't really paying attention to that. But more interestingly, is something called the project, and the project were documents that were discovered in Switzerland uh, back in two thousand one, and this is the Muslim Brotherhood blueprint for quote cultural jihad. And, and I've been reading through this as, you know, long documents, and it explains exactly what you see kind of happening now is the infiltration of um, not just cultural society, but political society to propagate the so-called good parts of Sharia law. And what I think is happening, and, and it's crazy because now I'm like starting to agree with fucking McCain, which makes makes my mind you know, bubble with, you know, just my, my blood is like, what (laughs) is that the elites think we're too stupid to see that this is actually happening and they have to distill it down to war on terror and people blowing stuff up where the, perhaps the real risk is actually this spreading of what, what we've discussed on the show is cultural Marxism to actually change certain things within our constitution. If you start looking at it, you see that absolutely the uh, political correctness, you know, anything that they put a phobia, so Islamophobia, you know, that's the, uh, it's a loaded term. It's the uh, irrational fear of, of Islam. Um, We have uh, Sharia banking laws being integrated. It's happening much faster in Europe. Um, And, you know, depending on which side you stand, this may not be a good thing, you know, whether it's socialism, Marxism, communism, or Islamism, that of course is not supposed to be what we're about here in America. And so that is now kind of where I'm going in my head. It's like, wow, that is actually what could be taking place. But these, these elites think we're too stupid. And therefore the only thing we can think as Americans is, Oh, we got a problem. We got to bomb that shit. You know, because we can't, we're too stupid to understand subtle changes in, in cultural, um, political correctness. And of course, 
we can't become too smart because, you know, then we'll be on to all their other games. Because, of course, we're continuously Well, we being, do know that the public's being dumbed down yes. uh, all the time. Yes. Which is one of the only reasons our show does uh, is on the air. Uh, because <laughs> yeah. people would say, what? What? <laughs> what? But the... Uh, I'm not. I'm not completely biased. I like the. I like the fact that some people are out there pounding the drum. I think that's a good thing because there are uh, threats that are problematic, and a lot of them have to do with this, the sneakiness of some of these uh, operators. Let's say mm-hmm. uh, I have a, a clip that might just shed, shed a little light on how this always ends up. Coming at some point, some certain truths come out, mm-hmm. and in Spain right now, there's a huge scandal. Oh, over uh, an imam, uh, and they're uh, and it's causing a backlash. And the Spanish are very sensitive to the Muslims uh, because of their history. What is and, that? What is that? Explain. Uh, what? Well, they, they they were run by the Moors. I mean, Spain was completely taken over by the Muslims, and then they were rousted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were they were run by. In fact, all of southern Spain is very Moorish in terms of its, which is a was Muslims, uh, in terms of their architecture. It's very pretty because of it. And they they incorporated some of the cultures, but they didn't like the religion. And uh, and part of the reason is what's happening now in Spain. And you can play the. Clip Spain versus the Muslims, and I think very few people will know about this because it's not covered in the mainstream media. Muslims have long been a part of Spanish history. In the 8th century, Muslims from North Africa, who came to be known as the Moors, conquered large parts of Spain and ruled it for centuries. During much of this period, it is believed Muslims, Christians and Jews lived in relative harmony. But today the situation is different, with tensions on the rise between and within communities. The perception some Muslims have of women has fueled anger in Spain, with people saying such views have no place in Spanish society. Friday prayers, the highlight of the Muslim week. This is where it happened. The Imam of Tarasa gave instructions on how to beat a woman without leaving any traces. <laughs> the police recorded the sermons. Wow. It's bad. There's no room for this kind of preaching here. Every person deserves respect. If this man doesn't like the laws in Europe, then he should go back to his own country. He can have his own way there. But beating up and abusing women isn't reasonable anywhere, not where he comes from either. A judge summoned the imam in March. Abdeslam Rusi made use of his right to silence. He's from Morocco, like most of the members of the Muslim community of Tarasa. No one admits to hearing the controversial sermon. The imam has since been replaced by someone else. Yeah, so this is exactly what we're talking about. You get in, you build your big mosque, and uh, and then you know, you slip in like, uh, by the way, if your bitch be acting up, here's how you hit the bitch. I got the biggest kick out of no one admits to have, 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 having heard this sermon. I don't know. I didn't hear nothing. <laughs> I, did you? I, hey, I didn't hear nothing. This is uh, so. Anyway, so I am now at least alerted, and I will be paying attention. Um, uh, by the way, uh, here's a couple. Here's a name that was pointed out to me: Dahlia Mog- Mogahed. Mogahed. 
uh, American scholar from Egypt. She's executive director of the Gallup Center for Muslim Studies, but she is also President Obama's advisor uh, at the White House Office of Faith-Based and Neighborhood Partnerships. So you get all these little things, you know, showing up in uh, in our system. And uh, and this is also, this, I'm just trying to remember some of the conversation. Anwar al-Awlaki, you know, we know that he spoke at the Pentagon, right? And yeah. so uh, my view certainly for a while has been, well, the guy was obviously a CIA shill. Uh, let's look at it from a different angle with this new data that I'm receiving. What he was doing was desensitizing um, security forces, Pentagon, uh, and you know, look, it's, these are just people too. You know, they can be they can be infiltrated with thoughts like, no, you know, it's you know, the Islamists were really kind. We're, you know, we're, we're this is how we are. Don't worry about it. You can't use the and we know this. You can't use the word. Uh, extreme. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Islamist terrorist. You can only say violent extremist, which is desensitizing. Right. In fact, the, the Obama administration policy is never right. to use Islam alongside right. the word terrorist. Right. Um, and so that's probably what he was doing. So there's a lot of it's 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 effing with my mind. I have to be quite honest. <laughs> Who needs drugs when you've got Islam? <laughs> Uh, but what makes me angry is, you know, th- so it makes me angry that people have to fly out from Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. Whoever they represent. <laughs> yeah. It's, we have like what <laughs> intelligence operations or, you know, high, you know, large ones active. And then there's thousands of little ones, mm-hmm. you know, it could, it could be anybody. What are you saying? That my, that my friends are, uh. What are you saying? <laughs> Just it's what you... it looks like. Yeah, but but even you're buying into some of it. Oh no, I've always I've bought into this. I've always bought into this. Oh, I've okay. always thought it was. But that's all part of the. And you know, if you, I'm in the Berkeley area, I mean, I see how this op, how this works. And the, you do have a bunch of addle brains. Uh, usually, you know, kind of the dingbat phenomenon you run into in some of these socialist areas, and they buy—they're they're the ones who are just like fish. That you know, you hook them, you reel them in, and they go along with it. Probably, people are down deep; they're nice, and right. oh, you know, I'm going to go do this and that. And, and then one day you wake up, and then you know, you're you're learning how to beat your woman without leaving marks. But. <laughs> The problem is, and what's always <laughs> overlooked in all this, is that there are a lot of radical Muslims that hate this. Well, they of course, of course. Westernized. Yeah. They're all over the place. They run businesses. They know they're screwed yeah. if any of this stuff takes place because they don't like it. They've right. left those countries. They're all over the place. And they're, unfortunately, they mingle with the other ones. But that, if you start reading, I remember... We're listening to these arguments, especially after 9-11, mm-hmm. uh, for a couple of years. Oh, the problem, and you hear this, this is the di- the diatribe that, that goes on. The problem is that the Muslim, moderate Muslims never stand up and speak out. Mm-hmm. And they're letting this happen. That's bull crap. If you go online and start looking for it, you'll find plenty of moderate Muslims that are doing nothing but speak out. And they're moaning and groaning about it. They get no support from the mainstream media or anybody else. They get no credit. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, they're, and they're demonized as though they're not speaking out. They are. It's just that we, we don't hear their voices. And it's, it's, that's what's really creepy. Hmm. Well, uh, good point. 
Well, this well, it, it's all part of uh, you know the 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 pussification. You know, it's just like this bullying crap that uh, we've been talking about for so long. And you watch this will somehow this will integrate. I'm I'm now I'm just I got my eyes open. It's like okay, at what point uh, do we uh, do we connect bullying with uh, what was the uh, the word you used earlier? What? Uh, you know, you're 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 bullying Islam. Yeah, bullying Islam. <laughs> Stop bullying Islam. It's going to be something like that. So. I, there probably will be. I mean, we have the bull. And boy, when they come up with like this woman who got bullied on the bus. Yeah, they, yeah. You know, uh, this is like they they made hay with this, and then yeah. this woman apparently is going to walk off with about a, three quarters of a million dollars. Yeah, and it's funny because I didn't see it. Uh, I didn't. I didn't see the reporting. And I, 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 yeah, yeah. I saw it. Now I did, saw it. I watched the video. Now tell me about the video because I didn't see it. Did you actually see this bullying take place? Yeah. And what was the bullying like? What were they saying to this woman? Uh, it was that the woman was sitting by herself, and somebody started running a film on it, and 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 it was like about three or four kids mainly that decided to start to harass her, mm-hmm. and then they start, and she was so. Like, stand, you know, she was just not paying any attention whatsoever. And uh, they, so they really started giving it to her to get her attention. And it was stuff. Hey, what? so what's your, like, what's your uh, address? So, and then the other one said, what's your address? Come and tell us what's your address so we can go over and pee on your door. And the other guy said, I want to shit on your porch. I'm going to fuck you up. And they were just go these kids. They were like mixed race kids, by the way. And it was like they were just picking on her and picking on her. And it went on and on and on for a really long time. And she was in tears at one point. Then they were chiding her, saying, oh, you're a big baby. You cry. And look at she's crying, everybody. And it was really pathetic. Hmm. And it was a huge indictment and overlooked in the entire story, which was this. You know, you go watch the videos around. You can watch it. It's not the greatest video. You only get to see the kids very for very brief periods. But the oh, the real indictment is this is the public school system. This is what they're producing. This is why that has to be overhauled, or people should homeschool because that is the real indictment, and not the, not these kids. These kids are completely out of control, and their parents are obviously inept to mm-hmm. let you know that. The, and no kid would. There should have been some big giant kid who says, "Okay, stop it." Right? You know, yeah, exactly. There's always exactly. an sir, in any crowd, but there were none. They were all out of control. It was it was horrifying to see how things deteriorate so easily in a modern school environment. But the problem, of course, is instead of that being the dialogue and the discourse, uh, it's about bullying. Yeah. Uh, okay. In this case, bullying an old woman. Right. And uh, and then some guy in Canada starts a fund for her and the thing cranks <laughs> up. It's like Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Think about it, John. This is a new way for us to get donations. Yeah, this, this, this would work. Just, we just got <laughs> to be bullied. We just need to get bullied more. This is a, an excellent idea. Hmm. A new promotion. Hmm. Bully the old guy and the bicurious one. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you go. Yeah. But anyway, so that's uh, it's this all part of the same uh, over, you know meta dialogue that's going on, and it's not uh, none of it's good. Yeah, we're screwed. It's, it, there's <laughs> there's nothing we can do. This is not it. Uh. Anyway, I was I went back and I listened to the West Clark Seven just to make sure. Uh, we don't have to play the clip, but uh, it's it's now I have a uh, an actual um, node in the show notes, an actual department which I'm calling the West Clark Seven. 
This is General Wesley Clark, who uh, right after uh, 9-11 said, uh, here's what we're doing. Here's the here's the ruling from the top from the State Department, Department of Defense. We're going into Iraq, Iraq. We're going to Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan and Iran. And what pops up on the radar today? Sudan on the brink of revolution. Next domino to fall in Arab Spring. So that's the next one to look out for. Apparently, uh, thousands of protesters have taken to the streets no doubt uh, incited by techno-experts from the State Department. Um, but again, you know, if we could just get our crap together and understand what, uh, what our so-called elitist leaders are trying to do, then we could combat that without bloodshed, I think. This is what pisses me off. Well, that's not in the cards. <laughs> Spoken like a true historian, John C. Dvorak. <laughs> that's not in the cards. That's not going to happen. Nah. Okay, well, good. I got a little side thing here. We can go to our donation segment, or, or we can play this. I just want, just as a little side note, we've, I think we're covering a, some good ground here, but there's one thing uh, that got in the news, got a lot of play. Apparently, John Edwards' mistress, who, by the way, I think is very standoffish. She's put a, she, she's, she's, I don't care for her personality. She's the documentarian? Wasn't that what her... Uh... I don't know what she's a book writer uh, or right. journalist. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But here's John Edwards' mistress, and I've got a comment on this. Biel writes that she expects people to judge her and her relationship with Edwards, but writes at its heart, this is a love story. What is the future for you and John Edwards now? That's a great question. Ah! Right now, the kids are the priority. That is not a great question. How is that a great question? Great question. That's not a great question. (laughs) Yeah, that's a horrible, that's a dumb question. It's a dumb question. There should be a jar where you have to put a hundred bucks in. And then when when you say that on television, that's a great question. And you got me. That's like Rick rolling when you do that now. <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. That's a great question. So uh, we do have a few people to thank for today's uh, episode 420. Uh, Scott Leesburg, Virginia, 19752. Uh, in the morning, M-O-U-R-I-N-I-N-G, crack pipe and buzzsaw. I asked for some pay raise karma a few shows ago. Shortly thereafter, without my prompting, my corporate overlords decided I was worthy of a promotion and a raise on the magnitude of my liking. Woohoo! Wow. Oh, that's big. Your show is great and makes me feel better about being a slave to the man. <laughs> I'm really going to miss it after Adam gets assassinated in Syria. (laughs) That's going to suck, isn't it? (laughs) I've put off finishing the knighthood for a while. It seems like every time I get some spare shekels, you play some abysmal shut-up slave clip, which results in another trip to the gun store so I can bolster my personal arsenal against the impending fascist strike. (laughs) Assault rifles and armor-piercing rounds are quite useful, but what about a melee weapon? I couldn't think of anything more pleasing than hitting the man in the mouth with a night ring. Woot! According to the counting, I've donated 1,000.01, which is 33 in binary. I'll take my hookers and blow. Uh, thank you very much. So he'll be... Uh, yes. 
Excellent. Good night. He will be knighted today. That's correct. Lovely. Good story, Scott. Thanks. Carlos Quimbe in Berwyn, Illinois, 13938. Hey, dudes. I was about to leave Gitmo Nation and move to my home country of Gitmo cocaine for some hookers and blow just like the Secret Service, but a new permanent job showed up, and I guess karma wants me to continue to be a slave human resource here. So I'm donating 69.69 times two to get laid, and he needs a milf por la mañana karma and an adios mofos at the end. We'll do one at the end of the show. Oh, no, hold on. I can, I can, I can do this sequence. Hold on a second. Think so? Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what I want. So he wants a... Uh... Milf. That's one mother I'd like to... Por la mañana. You've got karma. Adios, mofo. Nailed it. Nice. Brian in Chicago, 8607. Uh, long time, first time, and happy to be donating to the best podcast in the universe. This is a, dr- a drink donation. <laughs> okay. A drink donation? This is a drink donation. <laughs> <clears throat> first off, a vote for Slide Whistle. 8607 was a monthly cable bill that I had turned off in January. The recent pleas and pending nuptials I have opened my wallet to return value for value. Without cable, I've missed a lot of football and the Ariel signal pixelates. <laughs> but it's like free and cable sucks. What difference does it make anyway since I'm watching on a tube screen? <laughs> Maybe it's just me. I couldn't find Neil Postman's amusing ourselves to death on the No Agenda book club site. It's highly important, hugely important book that ties in with much of Adam's experience behind the camera. Read it or please talk about it if you haven't read it. My better half could use some job karma. I'd like a D-douche huntsman karma if you please. <laughs> <laughs> now he wasn't drunk enough. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. 6969 continues with Jersey City, New Jersey contributor Joseph Gervasio. Oh, Hi there. Hold on. I'm under hold the $50 whoa. donor for a bit, whoa, but I want whoa, to continue. Whoa, 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 whoa. You miss Brian, man. Oh, I'll go back up. Uh. What do you mean I miss Brian? You just did Brian. No, that was Carlos. Oh, you're right. Okay. I'm drunk. Hold on. All right. My mistake. Yes. Carlos was the other. Okay. My mistake. My mistake. Joseph Ger- Gervasio in Jersey City. I've been under a $50 donator for a bit, but I wanted to continue the 6969 love, which is amazing. Thanks for what you do. Someone has to get the truth out there. Keep it up. Dustin Kopass in Homer, Illinois, 6969. Roll. Underline SK. Yeah, no, he's in the chat room all the time. Roll SK. Saskatoon. That's the Paris of Canada. Um, it's pronounced Sask. Here with the must, much promised donation. Thanks for a wonderful show. I look forward to every episode and do whatever I can to catch it live, including skipping on the free treats they offer in our office every Thursday at 10. Huh. My full time job is mechanical engineering. I'm currently designing and building uranium mines. I'm going up north to build the world's largest uranium mine, Cigar Lake. Oh, send, oh, really? send us some samples. Cigar Lake. I look forward to the challenge, but most of all, I look forward to working with and learning from all the ex- You know, these Canadians, especially in these Midwestern provinces, have just got nothing but money. I look forward to challenge, but yeah, you can go up there and you know, well, they, they got low. all the they got all the uranium. It's low. <laughs> it's low. <laughs> they got all the uranium. 
I look forward to the challenge, but most of all, I look forward to working with and learning from all the excellent trades people up there in my office. I give out project updates at 10 a.m. or uh, on Thursdays. I'd rather catch the pre-show, so I keep the skip the free treats. You guys really do a great job, and I hope that boners everywhere realize you give out and change their boning ways. So to give give out give out money and change their boning ways. Shout out to Gitmo Slave, Mr. Oil, and Void Zero for all the hard work they put in the back end of things. Uh, they hose our band, the Noble Liars. They, I, think that's, I think they host. Time to make our website, thenoblelyars.com, working smoothly. I think it's host, not hose. <laughs> it says hose. I know. <laughs> yeah, I got it. <laughs> they hose our band, man. Yeah, cool. Yeah, well, that's what they do up in Canada. <laughs> Jake Kenyon in uh, Burpingary, Queensland, 6969. We got a lot of 6969s today. Jeremy Cooper in Toronto, Ontario, 6969. My girlfriend Kelly and I love listening to the best podcast in the universe. I want to send out a double douchebag or a douchebag to all the boners in Canada that haven't douchebag. donated. I work a 10-hour job shift and could not imagine going to work without no agenda to help me make it through the day. But with only five hours a week, I end up listening to the same episodes many times a day. Wow. I don't know if this is helping me sanity, <laughs> uh, but I'm not sure if you've had this PR initiative or not. But I've renamed my wireless connection to noagendashow.com to get yeah. the word out there. I'd also like to get some all-purpose karma. Thanks for keeping up the awesome show. You should also take a week off of your wedding. Right. And he sent a, a, a cute picture of him and his uh, his girl. So here comes some karma for you there. Thank you. You've got karma. Appreciate it. Uh, Chris, uh, Sir Christian Herzog in Elwood, Illinois, 6969. Uh, trying to keep the 6969 meme alive. It's been going for a while. Recent shows have been great and clearly demonstrate the... De- great demonstration of this being the greatest podcast in the universe. I'd like to ask for some two-to-the-head war on chicken for myself and a shot of job-changing karma for my wife. Also, I think if Adam travels to Damascus, he's going to get whacked. <laughs> Getting the target out of his comfort zone is task number one for a successful whack job. <laughs> Yippee! The War on Chicken. You've got karma. Sir David Rudolph Baker and Roden. Bakker. Is it Bakker? Bakker. Rudolph Bakker. 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 No agenda karma worked. Got to keep the apartment now. Ooh. Let's uh, get the night ring in karma. I just knighted on No Agenda 399 April 15th and love to bump rings with Adam and Mickey on July 13th in Amsterdam. That, if they're gonna, you know, that would be so. Uh, tell Mimi that she's behind. She she needs to get the guy's ring. Oh, duh. Yeah, well, that's uh, he's in Groningen. 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 Probably sent the ring already, but Groningen. Groningen. Very good. There you go. Richard Crocker in Weston Super something or other Somerset, England. <laughs> Super something, something. Super soaker. Weston super soaker. Super soaker. 5533, long time boner sleigh, finally kicking in some support to the greatest podcast in the universe. Also hoping for some smooth breakup karma for myself and anyone else there in relationship woes. Mm. You've got karma. Uh, Smooth sailing for you, my friend. Breakup karma. Mm. Doug Fittler in West Bloomfield, Michigan, 5525. Special donation for the Sunday show to wish my dear friend Tony Turigny, 
aka Radar Man. All the best for his retirement. Tony's my brother from another mother. We both retired from the Air Force many years ago. Now he's beating me to the punch on the second retirement. Tony turned me on the No Agenda a few years ago, and we both love the show. Please send him some shut-up slave karma and wish him a happy and productive retirement writing trashy romance novels. Huh. Thanks again. Okay. Hold on a second. Well, Doug is his name. Doug. Right. So I, I presume what he wants is uh, he wants a little... Everyone loves the little kid uh, karma. Here we go. Shut up, slave! You've got karma. Everybody does. <laughs> the kid is awesome. What a career she has ahead of her. Ryan Kislik. Yeah, voiceover <laughs> jobs you can't get. Oh, boy. Speaking of which. <laughs> Ryan Kislik in Langley, B.C. Oh, hello, Langley. Langley, 5511. Double nickels on the dime plus a penny. Extra penny is a vote for the return of the bad acting segment. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yes, I have. I've, I've been remiss on the bad acting section. Yeah, you have. Yeah. I'm re- moving to Portland, Oregon on Monday. I'm looking, Portlandia, by the way, is what it's called. I'm looking for some dual action karma. This is not double karma, but a single shot that should deliver two things. New experiment in karma should not be attempted by those with a heart condition. I'm looking to get laid <laughs> and uh-huh. cool roommate karma. If it oh. comes from the same person, all the better. Oh. Is for all those that screw up adding a note to their donation, I have in the, as I have in the past, which address is the best to email? Uh, Adam at curry.com. <laughs> yeah. The following perfect. can be omitted from the donation if needed, and it goes on. Anyway, so. Uh, all right, so this is a dual purpose karma for a roommate that puts out. All right. Well, see if we can get help you out, buddy. You've got karma. Remember, we, you know, we don't sell this stuff. I mean, this is. A, yeah, it's up to you. It's the universe that provides, man. Mm, the universe does its thing. Mike Baird in San Antonio, San Texas. Antone! Double nickels on the dime uh, in the morning. I'm donating because of the guilt of being such a massive boner has become unbearable. When I was a poor law student, being a boner didn't weigh much on my conscience, but I've been a a poor newly minted lawyer for six months now, and I cannot enjoy another episode without donating. Unfortunately, I'm unable to give you the full value I receive from your show, but I'm giving what I can. Double nickels on the dime for a D-douche huntsman karma for my new law practice. I have a feeling the karma will instantly kick in, and when it does, more donations will follow. Douchebag. Oops. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Here we go. <laughs> You've been D-douched. You've got karma. There you go. That, that should fix it. Uh, yeah, I hope. Brandon Chrisham in Las Cruces, New Mexico, 5420. I'd like to send a special episode 420 karma to my wife. Well, I guess that's, that is kind of, he did 5420. Yeah. So that's, uh, that counts. I'll take that as a 420 donation. Thank you. You've got karma. Oh, same for Jordan. Oh, okay. Jordan Kata yeah, in Sudbury, Ontario, 5420. Happy 420th episode. I'm a first time donor with a rock hard boner. Whooped. What? <laughs> Can I get a de-douching some Carmen slide whistle for my smoking hot girlfriend? All right. You do the slide whistle. I'll do this. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. Our Alamo friends at Podcast for Peace, uh, 5150, she, uh, he, she needs job karma. You've got... Karma. Uh, Marcus Svensson Svensson 
in uh, Sweden uh, sends uh, $50. It's saying from Gitmo Nation, envy and collapsing welfare state. Uh, <laughs> can I have some good karma to counter the bad karma I acquire while working as a defense contractor? Wow. wow. Yeah, for you sure. Karma. <laughs> And we have Mike Ber- uh, Bernstein in Bettendorf, Iowa, and Paul Vella in, or Sir Paul Vella in Towchester, Northampton, $50 each. Jason in Overland Park, Kansas, $50, asking us, uh, took Adam's plea for new donors to heart, to heart, and my commute the other day was $50 to help keep going through the summer. A shot of karma for his wife would be fun. Just got married in April, and she turned me on to the show. Oh, wow. See, I tell you, the girls are doing it. Nice. Shot karma. Sisters. Sisters. Sisters of Gitmo Nation. I have one more $50 donation, which came in person uh, yesterday. From your handlers? No. <laughs> Stop you. They're listening. I'm going to have to lock myself in the studio after the show. Uh, I'm too busy. <laughs> Post-production. Uh, no, you may not remember, but on the Hot Pockets tour when we were in Nashville, Dave and Debbie Selden... Uh, came by and remember we had uh, all the crazy tinfoil hats and Debbie had cooked up all these amazing like um, Rice crispy treats and all the stuff with no agenda on it, you know cookies. Do you remember this? Do you remember the pictures? Yeah, oh, yeah So um, uh, Deb was visiting her daughter uh, Corianne who lives in Austin and of course uh, most people know that uh, after visiting the market on uh, Saturday we could be found at Halcyon uh, drinking the bottomless mimosas and uh, she stopped by, and it was great to see her. And uh, she and her uh, husband, Dave, and, of course, on behalf of her daughter, Corianne, uh, gave us $50 uh, cash value for value. And she cooked up some uh, beautiful no agenda. I'll, I'll, I'll put a picture of it in the show notes. Uh, no agenda granola. And she has these awesome, like, pretzel sticks with uh, chocolate and, uh, and, like, jimmies, you know, like uh, little jimmies on them, what we would call hagelslag in, uh, in Holland. And it was really beautiful. It was really nice to see her. And uh, so I wanted to give a shout out to her and Dave and uh, Corianne and thank them for uh, their value for value donation. Uh, Johnny on the spot was really nice. So uh, that should, uh, I guess that will be our group for today. We want to thank all of them and all the people that donated less to us. People come in with $20, $30 occasionally and and they subscribe. We would like to get more 12, 12 subscribers or $11, 11 cents subscribers. Yeah which I think is a good deal for them. Now, the alternative, of course, is uh, I, I can always, you know, to make up the difference in the slow months here during the summertime, I can't, I could do, I mean, I have another audition here for Subaru. Cool. Yeah. You want to Who's tr- your agent? Uh, I, I, he must be a great guy because I would have given up on you by now. <laughs> well, I haven't seen something in a long time. But from time to time, they say, you know, it's like, I just got a new one. This is for Monday. Uh, let's see. This is for Subaru. It's a radio spot, but a, you know, national radio spot. That could be good money if I got. I mean, I haven't. I've gotten zero so far. That's my batting average. Zero for zero. Yeah, it's okay. You, it, it's, it all happens at once. Okay, so this is a male voiceover, male thirty-five to forty. So I already don't fit the bill, but okay. Grounded, doesn't get stressed by much. Always finds humor in the day. Uh, please, a conversational read. You're not selling anything. Just telling an amusing story to someone as if you were pulled off the street into a documentary and asked about life and family and cars. I love this direction. <laughs> How can I do that? Well, this is basically your voice and you're just thinking it's amusing. You're going to tell me the story. You're talking to me. All right. Okay. Okay. And you're okay. telling me a story from your grounded perspective, which is a stretch, but that's beside the point. <laughs> and you think it's funny. 
Uh, yeah. So underneath, under, as a subtext, of, you have to have a, a kind of a chuckle in your voice, but a, a, an amusing chuckle, but not a hilarious chuckle. Well, but just I need a little bit of I need, humor. All right, but I need some motivation then. And so, you, so the way, if you've never heard this before, this is how we try to make some money on the side. And John will direct me in my um, in my audition here. So in, in order to get into character, to have the chuckle, I think you need to do like a drunk thing or something just to get well, me. I mean, I, I could go over the guy with the toilet paper, maybe start, re- you know, you have to kind of think back okay. like the toilet paper right. thing or some of the funnier moments earlier right. on the show. All right, I'm but just going to launch you into yeah, it. You sound like you're in the mood now. Go. Yeah. I'm supposed to be at work today, but it was one of those days that remind you just how short summer is. So took a personal day, packed up the Subaru, gave myself a little staycation. I mean, who could work on a day like this? When I pulled up to the beach, the one without any direct highway access, I parked as close to the water as I could without disturbing anything, took out my cell phone, and started snapping pictures. That way, I'll have something to look at while I'm working all winter. What do you think? How was it? What? That's the copy? That was the copy? (laughs) Did I nail it? Well, I think you did nail it, but I think the copy's weak. Yeah, it sucks. Well, then there's a, a, a voiceover at the end, which I don't have to do. So the payoff is... Uh, I'll, I'll do the voice just so you know how the commercial will be when you hear it without me on it. Uh, there's a lot of love about summer in Subaru. Every vehicle gives you ready for anything versatility with a well-balanced Subaru boxer engine. And during the Subaru a lot a lot to love event, get a great deal on any new Subaru with symmetrical all-wheel drive now through August 31st. So that's uh, that's it. Do you think I do you think I, I can get the gig with my read there? I mean, it was pretty I conversational. Thought I, read. I thought it was clean, but it was. Uh... And it was conversational. It sounded right. I'm just trying to think if that's really what they're looking for with that fine with the copy at the end, where the guy's babbling on about the details of the car. Well, I'm afraid. So it I'm seems afraid. to me that the guy is just. I think the problem is you. What was the read time? What are they expecting? Because you may have thirty read, thirty seconds. Fast. Thirty seconds. Yeah. Thirty, uh, 30 se- seconds. Yeah. I think that. Oh, I, you ra- you rattle that thing off in twenty. Right. So I have to do it slower. Yeah, to do it as kind of like you're a little, you're still in the humorous mood, but you're a little stoned. <laughs> I was supposed to be at work today, but it was one of those days that remind you just how short summer is. So I took a personal day, packed up the Subaru, gave myself a little staycation. I mean, who could work on a day like this? When I pulled up to that beach, the one without any direct highway access, I parked as close to the water as I could without disturbing anything, took out my cell phone, started snapping pictures. That way I'll have something to look at while I'm working all winter. You know, I'm thinking about this. (laughs) I think you nailed, I think you dropped a line, by the way, but I think you, I think you nailed the idea, except the very end. You want you to do a cut in. Okay. Uh, uh, Just do the the end as, uh, why don't you do the end as like this was the exciting moment of your summer and you're a little remorseful that all you're going to have are these pictures. Uh-huh. So he has to have right. a little little humorous remorse right. Right. In, in the, with the, about the pictures. Okay. That way I'll have something to look at while I'm working all winter. Like that? Mm, that didn't, that didn't, I wasn't convinced. Uh, I think a sigh would be good. Okay. <laughs> Just a, yeah, oh, that yeah, way. Yeah. I, got it, I got it. I got it. I got it. At least I'll, you know, quiet in the like, booth. I would go like this. <laughs> at least I'll have something to look at all winter. Oh, at least I'll have something to look at while I'm working all winter. Yeah, I think that's okay. cut that in. I think right. you may have it. Ding. Okay, great. Nailed it. Uh, so uh, if you don't want to listen to this, Dvorak.org. 
slash N-A. It's obvious, I think. We need all the help that we can get. It's your birthday, birthday. Oh, no we only got one on the list today. Matt Coglin congratulates himself turning 27. Happy birthday, Matt, from all your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. And we do have three knighthoods, of uh, which one is a black knight, our buddy from uh, Pakistan, uh, Moise Khan, uh, which is great. Remember, uh, we had all that accounting, which had to be done. I think that was 18 years ago, but we uh, got it yeah, figured it out. It was a so, while. So that, uh, there's mine. If you could just uh, pull out your uh, Swiss Army blade there. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. Moise Khan. Maka Rinks. Listener since episode number one, donor since 2009. And Scott, please, all of you, step forward and kneel. Thanks to your donations and the amount of $1,000 to the best podcast in the universe, the Nova Agenda Show, I hereby pronounce thee, Sir Moise, Sir Macker, and Sir Scott, all knights of the Nova Agenda Roundtable. Gentlemen, for you, hookers and blow, rent boys and chardonnay, hot pants and booze, or if you want, just some nice mother's milk right here at the Nova Agenda Roundtable. Thank you for your support. It is highly appreciated. Of course, uh, you will all still be recipients of the No Agenda Night Rings as we end that promotion at the end of this year. We still have the layaway plan. Check Dvorak.org slash NA for all the details. And uh, keep us going because uh, this is value for value. There's absolutely no other way that we could uh, make money. And by the way, uh, screw the Obama campaign, stealing our ideas. Did you see this? No. Oh, yeah. So, uh, now, so it, to get money... Uh, here's their here's a thing here on uh, was it Obama for America Barack Obama dot com. Instead of another gift card you'll forget to use, ask your friends and family for something that will go a little further. A donation to Obama for America. Register your next celebration, whether it's a birthday bar bar or bat mitzvah, wedding or anniversary, with the Obama campaign. So they have an event registry. You know, so they so essentially you you're going to a wedding. And the people pick up and I love you. They go up, lender. Here's an electric toothbrush, and they pull out an envelope, and it says, "We've given our money that was going to go to your wedding to Obama." (laughs) I'd be like, "I'm throwing you out, bitch! You crazy?" Yeah, that's not well. Whatever. Mm. Whatever. So there's this um, there's this video that has now come out, which. uh, Throws back to uh, something that we had kind of discussed, I don't know, a couple months ago, I guess. It's called uh, Dreams from My Real Father. Have you heard about this? No. This is fantastic. So this guy... Um, it already sounds good. Oh, yeah. His name is uh, Joel... I don't know what his name is. I have it here. It's Obama'sRealFather.com is where you can find it. Uh, Joel Gilbert directed this. And his assertion is what we had already talked about, that Obama's real father is Frank Marshall Davis. And right. He uh, looks like him. Oh, no, uh, I mean. mom was hanging out with yeah, him before doing, the baby. Doing naked pictures. Uh, everything adds up to this guy being the real dad. And uh, he apparently could not have, uh, he didn't, wasn't interested in getting that credit because of, I think, whatever he was doing. Well, so, was, I don't know, he was married. I don't, can't remember. Yeah, so I've ordered the DVD, of course, because I have to see this. The, the trailer is really funny because they keep freeze-framing Obama's face and then putting uh, uh, Frank Marshall Davis next to him, and it's like dead ringer. I mean, dead ringer. It is so scary. And, of course, what is, what's interesting about this is that means that the entire birther issue and, you know, he's not an American 
is is in one fell swoop is debunked, and the cover up, of course, is always what the problem is. And it, of course, Obama is is a natural born citizen. He is an American, but his, his father is Frank Marshall Davis, who I think was pretty much a communist. Yeah, he is a communist, <laughs> and, and the bullcrap stories, and if, including the Obama and a pornographer, by the way, that he was so, sold, and his agent had that he was born in Kenya, was all part of a scam to sell books. <laughs> Yeah, which he sold a lot of. He even became president to sell more books. He's actually, he's probably really a book writer. Or someone is. I, I He must like writing. Yeah. I think he's, you know, it was but, a good scam. But how awesome is that? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I, <laughs> I like this. Story. I like it too. I think it's fantastic. And, uh, you know, and, and it's like, just looking at this trailer, it's like you know, Frank Marshall Davis wrote for the... Uh, uh, the Hawaiian newspaper, which of course also had the birth announcement. There's all this crazy stuff in this. This is fantastic. I'm I'm so excited about seeing this video. This is a really really good one. So when I heard that, I was like, oh my god, this is exactly what we talked about. And so I, I don't know who this Joel Gray guy is, but props to him. That's a good Joel one. Joel Gray, though. Not, not Joel Gray. Joel Gilbert. I'm sorry, Joel oh. Gilbert. Uh, so. Hey, so I, some one of our uh, producers sent in this thing. I, I'm trying to decide what to do with it. I, I'm thinking maybe I can get a hold of um, who's the company that makes the Global Hawk, uh, Northrop uh, R- Grumman. Grumman. Maybe yeah. I can just get a box of these. But they came out with a comic book. Oh, really? Yeah, it's called Global Hawk: Endless Possibilities. <laughs> Wait a minute, <laughs> Global <laughs> Global Hawk. Endless. Does you have a website for that? Uh, no. <laughs> so you have to go to Northrop Grumman. I think you can probably get a box of these things, and maybe I'm thinking of sending them out with a mailing, or 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 I'll scan some of it and put it in the, the upcoming newsletter. I'll try to scan a few, a couple pages, so you get a kick out of it. But so, what are these? Some of the endless possibilities that we can uh, use the Global Hawk drone for. Well, Tom? let me go to the end of the story. So, so it's a couple, a daughter and her and her brother, a younger brother who are uh, at an air show, and and he's taking photos, and she's trying to babysit him. And then they find the global hawk, which is in a big pin. The thing is huge. And uh, they realize that that's what their dad is working on. He's huh. the global hawk, one of the global hawk guys. Engineers, now the, yeah. now the dad is wearing, he's a douchebag-looking guy. He's mm-hmm. got that little goatee-ish looking thing, douche, douchey-looking face. And then he's got the Global Hawk patch on his arm and a Grateful Dead patch, which <laughs> I thought was bizarre. Okay. And, you know, Grateful Dead, ha ha. So yeah. anyway, so the dad comes up at the, you know, at the show afterwards, for some reason he shows up and they start discussing it. And he's and it, read a couple of the dialogue. The kid says, neat. The cool thing about the dad says, the cool thing about the Global Hawk is that it's a surveillance plane. So it can be used for more than just combat. They use it to keep our shores safe by tracking tracking smugglers at sea. Global Hawk also goes into action for emergencies. It provided valuable overhead imagery to help victims of the recent earthquake in Haiti. <laughs> really? That's, a, that's hilarious. It's new news. And the California wildfires a few years ago. The girl says, that's amazing. Do you think it helps save people's lives? The dad says, indeed, Amelia, of course. it Amelia. does help save lives in combat and during disasters. She says, wow. <laughs> and then then the kid says, ooh, check out this pamphlet. These are the photos of kinds of photos taken. Look, Amelia, 
I can see our house from here. Quit goofing around, you. You know, Amelia, the program's only getting bigger. We're expanding to NATO, Eurohawk, and BAMs for the Navy. Wow. You might want to give some thought to your future there. Could be a career in this waiting for you. Oh, yeah, of course. You could be a the drone pilot. The little kid pilot. says, hey, why do you want her to work on the Global Hawk? What about me? I want to work on a cool, unmanned plane, too. <laughs> oh, man. Dad says, because by the time you get old enough, who knows what's going to be out there? Yeah, it's going to be a bonanza. And then the girl says, this is wrapping up. And the girl says, yeah, Tyler, if Global Hawk is what we have right now for the future, the possibilities are endless. Oops. Lovely. That's great. That, yeah. is, that is awesome. It's a winner. <laughs> Global Hawk for the win. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah, I'm looking at officier.ch. They've got some of the, the pictures. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah I, I'm speechless. We need more Defense Department uh, comic, comic books. books. Yeah, that's really good. And when I was a kid, I do remember, I wish I had it. Um, I remember the uh, <laughs> a book that came out from General Electric extolling the virtues of, of uh, nuclear power, and I think it was done by Disney. Sure. And it had Mickey and everybody in there, and they were talking about the great. And this was, a, I think this was like in the late, the book came out, I think the comic book came out like the 57 or something, fifty, some early mid-50s. And somehow I had a copy of it. And uh, unfortunately, it's, I still might have the copy, but yeah, who it's, knows. it's underneath your tax returns. It's somewhere. <laughs> but that, that that's a collectible. But I'm starting to think that these are all very collectible. I'll try to get a few. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we need to get these. We need to get these comic books. Yeah. Those are fantastic. Well, you know, it's all for education of the children. It's very yeah. good. This is the way to, I mean, you could, by the way, if the Curry DeVry Consulting Group were asked, this is what we would have recommended. Hey, you want to get the kids oh, on board? You got the comic book and then you got to have the action figure and then you got to have I the, the video game. Nixed, I would have probably vetoed or nixed the Grateful Dead patch. Yeah, that's, that's a stretch. On the dad. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a bit of a stretch. Anyway, hey, so there's a so art's in the news. Who? Art. You oh, know, art. art like fine art. Oh, like yeah, like the stuff that. And, uh, and yeah. there's, art? there's a big celebration going on in Munich. Oh. Uh, that is not being covered by the American media, probably because they can't even show the pictures. But we're talking about it's one of these nude things. Oh, awesome! Naked Play chicks. This. Finally, they're taking their clothes off and getting covered in red and gold paint, all for the sake of art. Over a thousand people took part in a human installation created by New York artist Spencer Tunick. Tunick was invited to create a new piece to kick off Munich's summer opera season. While the participants posed outside of Munich's opera house, recreating scenes from a Richard Wagner opera. Oh, uh, Ride of the Valkyries. No, that's the other Wagner. Richard's oh. different. So, uh, <laughs> really? the, uh, crap. The, this, uh, they showed it. Yeah. There's about a thousand or more people. I'm, I'm looking at, yeah, I'm looking at pictures right now. Absolutely nude. Mm -hmm. And some nice breasts, I might add. Mm -hmm. and oh, not wow. A lot of big fat butts, but, you know, it's, you know, what you get, what you get. Hey, but this is, uh, this is pretty freaking. Some of them are painted. The middle layer is red. Yeah. Wow. It's uh, something that would not be even allowed in the United States. Oh, which no. Is... No, you can't have that. Meanwhile, in another anti-Muslim push. But there's, there's, good... there's dudes in there, too, by the way. Yeah, no, there's a lot of dudes. <laughs> like half dudes. <laughs> it's half, half nude dudes. 
And if you see like a, a, a dude <laughs> right behind one of somebody else and the, and the person in front's got their eyes bugged open, you know the reason why. <laughs> John, you're such a homophobe. <laughs> What's a homophobe about it? So anyway, the, the, uh, so in Tunisia, meanwhile, they had an art gallery like burned to the ground and then all, and art, artists was, they showed these artworks. They were lame. I, Nothing I, artworks, yeah. but now they've had a fatwa and they want to kill all the artists and kill basically all artists in Tunisia. And as this, the story wraps up with after these women explained, uh, there was essentially insulting the males uh, with their lechery. And so now they want to kill all the artists in Tunisia. And this is another little anti-Muslim uh, push, but it's, it's a very funny story you might want to play. They pray. A religious leader at Zintuna Mosque called for all, all artists to be slaughtered without exception. It's shocking. We met up with an imam at Zituna, uh. one of the main mosques in Tunis. Authorities have threatened to have him dismissed for calling for the killing of artists. I only explain what the Quran is saying. They should be on trial for blasphemy and offending what is sacred. According to the Quran, those who abandon religion should be killed. But this sentencing cannot be done by anyone. It should be done by the country's government. Uh, well. And Sheikh Labidi is not alone. Many of his followers support his position, no matter how extreme. I say red alert. Pay attention to what they're saying. This is <laughs> by the way, Spencer Tunic with CK.com. He, this guy has done this all over the world. He's amazing. I see Mexico City. Oh, the nude guy? C- yeah, Mexico City. Uh, his, Everywhere but USA. Yeah, of course, of course. Because it'd be blasphemy. But he could do it in uh, in Austin. In Austin, we like our our people naked. No. Wow, this thing in Mexico where uh, he's put a whole. I mean, there's like thousands of people. I guess it's not shopped. I, I guess he really got all these people to do this. They're all laying down. It's like there's sand. It's pretty cool. My goodness. Well, Miss Mickey does all the nude stuff too. So there you have it. You can, she'd be part of it. Part of what? <laughs> whatever <laughs> just part keep of, an eye on her make part, sure her eyes don't bug out part of what man so, so um let, let me uh just bump in here with a little bit of pharma pharma crap so we've been following uh if, if this actually was happening in gitmo nation lowlands in the netherlands where the scientists you know had the recipe they had the the secret formula on how to uh mutate uh the bird flu to weaponize it to create H15N3294, and, and you know, they didn't want to publish this, and this can't be published because you know, terrorists will get a hold of it, and they'll kill us. They'll kill us, I tell you. Well, they released it. Uh, let me just check. Are you dead yet? No, not no, yet. I'm not dead yet either. Here's the, uh, here's the uh, CNNs uh, talking about this, uh, about this release, and then there's a little funny bit that goes along with it. Now a story that could affect people all over the world. That's you and me, John. All over the world. A controversial academic paper has been published, and it describes how the deadly bird flu, deadly bird flu. virus could easily be spread among people. Ooh. The scientific advisory <laughs> board has suggested that some of the data actually be censored from this paper. Did you hear laughing? <laughs> but then later reversed its warning. If it fell into the wrong hands, it could certainly turn into a deadly biological weapon. Ah! Elizabeth Cohen joins us now live from Atlanta. So what is going on here and, and how is this going to end up? 
Are we going to get the information? Is it already out there anyway? And I hate to say, is this all academic, but what is the story? Oh, I made it funny. Ashley, it's, it's out there. It's now in science, in the journal Science, which is science. a widely disseminated journal. You and I and everyone else can go online and basically read how you can make a super deadly version Woo! of the bird flu virus. I mean, it's right there. And that obviously has a lot of people concerned because then it could possibly fall into the wrong hands. Yes, of course. Uh, if it falls in the wrong hands, uh, the instructions are there. All you have to do is take some bird flu and some super deadly and, uh, and you got a super deadly bird virus. It's fantastic. Now, of course, uh, these two douche baguettes and, and you got to see this video because these these women, they're dressed in like you know, gold and Gucci and the, the hip glasses and, you know, they're just reading scripts. OK, that's all they're doing. And and she gives it away what this is all about. But the NIH basically decided, you know what, go ahead and do the whole thing. And there were kind of two reasons behind that. There were several. Well, oh, what could the two reasons be about giving away the whole thing that could fall into the wrong hands, John? What What could the two reasons be? For giving it away? Yeah, for just putting it out there. It could fall into because the wrong hands. Because there's probably already a vaccine, and they're ready to give the vaccine out to everybody. Well, but here are the two big ones. One, you want legitimate scientists to see this information, because you want good scientists around the world to be on the lookout for this bug and to know what they're looking for. Two, you want good scientists to develop a vaccine <laughs> so that if this does happen, we'll have a vaccine ready to fight it. <sighs> it's the good scientists, and they're making a vaccine. Yeah, no. Believe me, what do you give this, six months before uh, we have to go to Walgreens and get our uh, good scientist vaccine? You know, I wonder, I, I would make the prediction that this is never going to uh, materialize. Well, someone, uh, I mean, someone's going to pick it up. And I mean, right now, if you could propagate this, like bad scientists have put this out and wrong hand, bad scientists in the wrong hands are going to make this, it was going to kill you. And well, then, if it happens, it'll be coming out of uh, Iran for sure. No, of course, of course. Uh, and not then, sure. yeah. and then, I'm trying to. I'm on the site right now, Science and um, ScienceMag.org, mm. and I can't find it. I mean, they, they talk a lot about the. Paper, no, 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 no. You got to buy it. It's really expensive. Well, wait like, a minute. That's not what the two douchebags said. <laughs> well, no, but they're just reading the script. They said anyone could just go online and figure this out. It's a no-brainer. <laughs> no-brainer. <laughs> Just like, a, just like a nuclear bomb. Anyone can make it. Mm -hmm. And you know, by the way, I think that the thing is a, uh, it's a red herring for, I, I think, you know, this, there's no, this is bull crap. This whole story is bogus. They didn't design anything. And if they did, they didn't put the, the actual details in the report. They just wouldn't do it. This is just to sell copies of the of the report. This is bogus. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm thinking that well, we got to pay attention. It depends, you know. But if they can ratchet it up enough, so enough people are talking about it, then uh, you watch. We'll have the good scientist vaccine. Well, we'll see. I just love the whole simplicity. You've got the bad scientists and the good scientists. Of course, it's yeah. always the way it's been. <laughs> the good science. 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 So, um, I was following this Nat West thing in the UK. That was tell me about it. No, I, well, let me uh, let me have some douchebag tell you about it. It's one of the most serious technical failures in high street banking. It's affected millions of customers, and today it's left many of them unable to get their hands on their money. So this was uh, NatWest, a huge uh, retail banking chain in Gitmo Nation East, and um, they said that they had a software glitch in an upgrade. 
Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, 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 and yeah. People, yeah I, heard, I know this story. Now, Go on. No, okay. Well, listen to the severity of it. Electric, gas, food to buy. And you need your money out of the bank and they're not willing to give it out even though you know it's there. By the way, there's a heart-wrenching story they bring into this. It's really a problem for me because I have to pay my rent, so it's not an easy thing. Now you're French, who cares? Helpful banking means knowing your account balance before you go overdrawn. There's a little the commercial. The problems began after a software upgrade to the system that processes payments. Transactions no longer were going in or out of customer accounts. Here at this convenience store in Belfast, workers didn't get their wages today. And none of them have got paid today, so we have to now try and put plans in place to, to make sure that they have enough money um, in, in, to, to pay their bills. Paul Foster in Birmingham is also waiting for his wages. He and his partner Amy recently lost their baby. And today... How bad can you make it? ...they'd hope to pay for her headstone. Oh. I was heartbroken. No. I mean, is this horrible? Police. Is this horrible or what? Morning to look at a bank balance online and, and see it state in zero because that money was for something very important and, and we're not... So, and, and, and they bring on some douchebag who says what happened. So when I, when I hear this report, I'm like, okay, this is... Now they've gone too far. So they're trying to show the severity of the banking system turn off. So there's a couple of possibilities. One, uh, well, the Occam's razor, of course, is... Really, they screwed up this upgrade and people might be able to get their money today. So this has already been you know, like almost four days now. Um, uh, so that it's possible. It's just it's absolutely possible. I, I doubt it highly, but OK. Uh, it could be a drill to see how people respond and how they react for when we need to have a bank holiday or if there is some actual problem with the entire financial system. I like this one. That's kind of what I'm leaning towards, um, and you know, and and then maybe there was there is an actual problem with yeah, uh, well, with Nat I West. Think if there was an actual problem, I think there's a, the, the second possibility. I like the drill idea because that's a distinct possibility. Well, when I heard the report, that's why I thought drill because you know, like, like, oh, this is so horrible. But you know, right, and a lot of people, you know, yeah, the baby's head still. I mean, come on, they Ugh. can wait four days. Yeah, uh, the. Uh, the other possibility is that the bank has been hit and it was wiped out by some criminals. That's what, you know, and that's very, listen to the, um, this is one of those IT women who, by the way, throughout the whole uh, monologue doesn't blink once. And she's got these eyes bugging out. It's kind of freaky. Going to be able to get this headstone now for another Horrible story. Just delays the process of putting our daughter to rest. Right. The company's website is flooded with complaints, and after three days, this banking group still can't... By the way, the complaints, as they're rolling by, it's like, it's typical Brits, it's like, I'm so disappointed. <laughs> like, flooded with complaints. Say for certain, the system's been put right. We believe we've fixed the underlying problem, and we now are just waiting for all of the systems to update. But clearly you'll understand that until it's absolutely... Um, perfect. We're not going to come out with a statement to say it's fixed. We're continuing to focus on this. We know we need to get it right as quickly as possible for our customers, and all our efforts are focused on that. No, that sounds like she was just shoved out there with the script. Well, the way normally you just you run these upgrades is you do parallel uh, processing on the same database, and then you would uh, you just don't flip the switch out of the blue untested. I don't know. So the story is fishy. Should, I, I'd like to talk to some bank IT guys who ha, have upgraded their uh, software uh, for. Um, well, guaranteed, we've got a ton of them listening to the show. 
and uh, yeah, and, and they'll and know. They can write us and tell us. They'll know. Tell us why. Okay, here's what we're here's what we're asking for a memo to both the two of us, uh, asking f- or to explaining to us what why happened. You think the story might be bogus? Yeah, it's an essay, and you will be graded. You will be graded. Yeah. I want to. We'll, we'll read the best, most believable of the and put some. You don't. We won't use your name if you don't want, but put yeah, probably you don't want, and uh, but put the put the uh, your. T- Give us your bona fides so we know that you are speaking that you're not just ad libbing something because you you know took a course in computer science. So I just, be, let I me think let we me can get to the bottom. Let of me it. throw another thing out there. Could this be um, a virus in the wild? Could it be a Stuxnet flamer Stux- type thing? <laughs> yeah, or flamer. <laughs> Could it be a flamer type thing? Well, you don't know, right? You don't know. But I am really not buying the sorry the upgrade failed. I mean, when you do an upgrade, you do, you don't upgrade your live machines. You know, it yeah. Did, no, this is not smells the story, bad. Yeah, this smells. This story bad. stinks. Yeah. So you know, we we don't know, but but I I know we have uh, banking sysadmins in the audience. I know they're listening, and they may just be rolling their eyes. Uh, but we we would love to know. We'd love to see your essay. It will reveal the truth, or at least the perceive or the possible truth Something. that the mainstream media won't touch. Yeah. No, of course not. It's too technical. It's too technical for the audience. <laughs> uh, we don't know what's going on, really. Oh, so it's interesting. You know, they're having, I'm looking at today's uh, New York Times. Oh, no. And I guess uh, we we touched on this before. Now I'm going to go revisit it. How that Good Morning America show on ABC is now dominating the morning ratings. And so Ann Curry, one of the very pleasant anchors on the Today Show is quitting, thinking she may be part of the problem. Part of the problem, the problem is that ABC has gone to an all-entertainment gossip yeah. morning show yeah. where all they do is gossip about the entertainers. That's, and, why, and that's, why it's, that's why it's top of the bill. That's why it's doing so well. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this so they go, you became bottom feeders, yeah. and the Today Show should just stick it out because at some point, well, I mean, you're not, you're going to lose those people anyway unless no, you want no. to sink to that lowest common denominator. ABC should be ashamed of itself, but they're owned by Disney. It's a big, huge, you know, entertainment conglomerate company. Yeah. Well, I mean, so you know, this is this is why we, you and I, John, are in a growth industry. Watch, watch us bounding, bounding forward, because uh, you know people have to resort to podcasts to get their information because you're not going to get it from this. And, and I would like to point out that, uh, you know, their original broadcast license, which of course is becoming a moot point now that everything is on cable and it's basically privately licensed. You know, you don't need a government license to be ABC anymore. Uh, it's supposed to be partially for the public good. That's why you got your licenses in the first place. Yeah. Well, that was all killed off by uh, Reagan and Clinton and everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, ABC uh, News is compromised, as we know. But this is what CNN is trying. They're trying the same thing. You know, they got the what Ms. Mickey calls Mommy News, which is, is of course, um, uh, a, not a good. I don't agree with the term, but it's a, CNN is doing sucks. it poorly. I mean, they yeah. had Joy Behar, who had some audience because she you know, she did nothing but celebrity stuff and then yeah. political crap. Yeah. And you know, she's taking a gig over at Current. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, everyone's on that tip, man. Everyone's on the tip of hey, let's uh, more celebrity <laughs> tip. I said not tip. Tip. Oh, I said Al Gore tit. Yeah, the same thing. 
So every, everyone's just trying to, you know, it's like, look, the game is about ratings at the end of the day. And that's not our game. Our game is about just getting by. Uh, by the way, org slash NA is a yeah. reminder. I'd just like to say that uh, Mayor Bloomberg, I mean, we now, now we've had the war on weed, the war on chicken. We've had the war on salt, the war on sugar. And now we have an actual war on hookers. Mayor Bloomberg signed legislation which creates a fine of up to $10,000 for cab drivers who are convicted of abetting or organizing prostitution by <coughs> transporting oh. hookers. So the you law guys a douchebag. So the law includes a requirement that all city cab drivers and Livery drivers attend a training course intended to help them identify the signs of a potential sex trafficking operation, i.e. you can't dress sexy anymore in New York because then you won't get a cab. New York is about hookers. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I know. Do they, does he want to ruin the economy of New York now? Idiot. It's always been about hookers. I remember when Willie Mays was on some talk show years ago, the great baseball player in San Francisco. He he would say, oh, how do you like New York? I love New York. He says, you can always get a suit that fits. <laughs> yeah, that's code, right? <laughs> it was. Yeah. Yeah, that knew it. Yeah. yeah. All right. I have one last thing, and then uh, we'll wrap up for today. Um, and this came from Democracy Now!, which uh, surprised me. I don't like the outfit. Yeah, I don't like the outfit. And they don't like reporting on this story either, I'll tell you. This is about the TPP, the transatlantic, oh, I'm sorry, what is it, uh, what is it called? Uh, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, the TPP. Oh, right, right, right. So what happened is, a um, one something now. This is where it always gets suspicious. But I, I have, I do, will say that particularly when they're reporting on things against the Obama administration, and they do it with such chagrin that you got to think that it, yeah, this it, 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 I is love real. watching. That. Yeah, that is real. Uh, so uh, June twelfth, I'm just reading from the setup here. Leaked copy of the investment chapter for the TPP, the Trans Pacific Partnership, was made public. The copy was analyzed by Public Citizens Global Trade Watch, who knows what they're all about, and has been verified as authentic. So this is a, we know that this has been going on. We, this is a secret agreement along the lines of ACTA. Now, of course, ACTA has failed because the European Union decided uh, not to ratify it and said, go away. Uh, and it looks like this was under the covers. And just listen to this, uh, this brief report. Um, just two minutes. I mean, you can look at the video. The whole report is like 20 minutes and well worth the watch, I'd have to say, if not just to see Amy Goodman looking real sour about it. Turned now to a controversial trade pact between the United States and eight Pacific nations that until now has remained largely secret. It's called the Trans-Pacific Partnership, or TPP. A chapter from the draft agreement leaked Wednesday outlines how it would allow foreign corporations operating in the United States to appeal key regulations to an international tribunal. The body would have the power to override U.S. law and issue penalties for failure to comply with its rulings. 
Uh, the agreement is being negotiated by the U.S. Trade Representative Ron Kirk, uh, appointed by President Obama. But the newly revealed terms contradict promises Obama made while running for president in 2008. One campaign document read in part, quote, we will not negotiate bilateral trade agreements that stop the government from, from protecting the environment, food, safety, or the health of its citizens, uh, or give greater rights to foreign investors than to U.S. investors. Earlier leaks from the draft Trans-Pacific Partnership Agreement exposed how it included rules that could increase the cost of medication and make participating countries adopt restrictive copyright measures. No one from the U.S. Trade Representative's office was able to join us, but in a statement to Democracy Now!, they said, quote, nothing in our TPP investment proposal could impair our government's ability to pursue legitimate, non-discriminatory public interest regulation. For more, we're joined by Lori Wallach, director of the Fair Trade Group Public Citizens Global Trade Watch. The leaked documents were posted on her organization's website early Wednesday morning. Lori, welcome to Democracy Now! Explain what the documents show and what this agreement is about. Well, it's been branded as a trade agreement, but really it is enforceable corporate global governance. <laughs> the agreement requires that every signatory country conform all of its laws, regulations, and administrative procedures to what are 26 chapters of very comprehensive rules, only two of which have anything to do with trade. So it's the new world yeah. order. <laughs> only two have anything to do with trade. How beautiful yeah, is this? I can't wait to read this. I'm very excited because, you know, I'm a government legislation analyst. I'm very excited about this. This is awesome. Yeah, this is awesome. This is classic. So the first round of the negotiations was in Mel Melbourne, Melbourne, and then San Francisco, then Brunei, and then Auckland, and then Santiago, Chile, then Singapore, then Ho Chi Minh City, also known as Saigon. So they're in on the deal. Chicago, Lima, Peru, Kuala Lumpur, which is party town. Yippee. Melbourne again, and then Dallas, your neck of the woods on May 8th, and then the July 2nd to, to 10th, they're going to have another 13th round, probably the last round in San Diego. Where are the protesters? No, oh, how bitching is this, man? Well, uh, here's, about this. here's what I commit. Um, I'll dive into all the legislation for Thursday's show. This will be my, my mission because this is big, obviously. So uh, anything, if you, got, if you got anything out there, send it to me. By the way, for the sysadmins, and I already see emails coming in, uh, you can use uh, encryption with my email. Um, my, uh, my public key is uh, readily available so you can encrypt anything you send and you'll be kind of protected. So what are you going to do uh, before for Thursday show? Uh, I am going to uh, dig deeper into some really obscure uh, European news shows. I'm listening to, to uh, uh, the Van Cat thing a lot. Yeah. Get some French perspective. I'm also looking at it. There's a show called Euromax, which has the exact girl you want on the Russia Today. Awesome. Except she's not blonde. Oh, be well, it. we can bleach but her. But she's still she's bleachable. very, very fantastic. <laughs> bleachable. And uh, for now on, I'm not listening to our news at all anymore. All right, everybody. Uh, we have a No Agenda Producer update coming up on the stream right after the program. And uh, looking forward to bringing you all of this and more on Thursday's show. And here in the capital of the Drone Star State, in the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where there's not a lot going on, but the weather's nice, I'm John C. Dvorak. Talk to you again on Thursday, right here on No Agenda. Dvorak.org. 
slash n a